What's going on, drinking buddies? Brand new one coming right at you in just a second. But you know what time it is first? First and foremost, it's time for this shot. Now that we got that out of the way, I hope everyone's doing all right. I've left my apartment a grand total of one time in the last three weeks. I've been rocking a bathrobe. If you're watching the video versions, you will see me just rocking a bathrobe. Hair a mess in all the videos. This is life now. It's okay. I'm sure you're experiencing it too. I appreciate the fuck out of you that you may not be commuting anymore and you're taking the time to listen to my little show here. I appreciate the fuck out of you, drinking buddies. Without fail, you can hit me up on socials. I'll get back to you. I got plenty of time on my fucking hands. But before we get into the episode real quick, you know, sponsors. <clears throat> Trying to make a little money. A little money while I'm quarantined. First and foremost, we are brought to you by the video versions of a Now We Drink. The video versions are available on Vimeo, and they are 99 cents an episode, or $6 a month. We'll get you all the episodes streaming. There's currently 49 of them, 50 of them by the time this one drops. So, and I swear, I swear, I'm getting to the back catalog. Um, that's just on the to-do list. Well, I got all this free time. So go to www.anwd.net slash videos. Once again, that is www.anwd.net slash videos. And buy yourself a video version. Subscribe. It helped me the fuck out. And you get to see the full medicine. You get to see, well, Alexis Tay, Kit Mercer, and a handful of other people get naked over the course of the, the recordings. What can I say? You mix alcohol and wild people, and shit gets a little crazy sometimes. So check that out today at www.anwd.net slash videos. If you're looking for a little bit more PG entertainment, I've become a Twitch streamer in quarantine because why the fuck not i'm on a couple times a week you can look at my schedule on twitch at www.twitch.tv slash matt fn slayer that is matt the letter f and n as in nancy slayer i'm playing ufc 2 i'm playing borderlands 3 i'm playing fortnite i'm looking for more shit to play if you're on xbox live or you play fortnite hit me up i'm matt fn slayer on both of those Always looking for more people to play with, more people to stream with. And if you have Amazon Prime, do me a huge solid. Throw me your free subscription. Every little bit counts right now. As my other clients are not really doing their production at the moment. So, yeah, I don't have much coming in. And that is a literally free way, if you already have Amazon Prime, to show me a little support. Appreciate the fuck out of you guys. And last but not least... We are brought to you this week by our friends at Vinyl Me Please. Vinyl Me Please is the record of the month club. The best damn record of the month club. In fact, every month, Vinyl Me Please features one album that is essential to the modern vinyl collection. Each record is pressed exclusively for Vinyl Me Please and has features you can't get anywhere else. Things like bonus tracks, inserts, color variants, and comes packaged with a 12 by 12 album-inspired art print and custom cocktail pairing recipe. I've been talking about Vinyl Me Please forever. They've been a sponsor for a couple of years now. I love it. And you got all this fucking free time now. You might as well get some rad vinyl and rediscover the lost art of just chilling and listening to music. No other devices, no other distractions. Put on your favorite fucking record and just relax. Maybe imbibe your intoxicant of choice and jam out. And Vinyl Me Please is here to help you with that. 
I don't know if they approve of that message, but I'll hear about it if they don't. So get fucked up, get some new vinyl, listen to music, go to www.joinvmp.com slash ANWD. Once again, that is www.joinvmp.com slash ANWD to sign up for Vinyl Me Please today. You will not regret it. It's not like Record of the Month Clubs of old. There won't be like fucking Columbia House, who you still probably owe money to, and probably I do too. Hopefully the statute of limitations has passed on that shit. Help me out. Get some vinyl. This week, remotely, as I'm forced to do remote shows to not, you know, die, I have, via Skype, adult film stars, Charlotte Stokely, and Will Pounder. This was a fun one. This was really fun. Uh, we talked about some deep nerd shit. I mean, we talked about D&D. We talked about Diablo 3. We talked about Elder Scrolls Online. We talked a lot about Jiu-Jitsu. If those are not your cup of tea, and you just want to hear about them having a lot of sex, I think there was a little bit of that, too. But it's a lot more nerd shit in Jiu-Jitsu than it is anything sexy time. It was a lot of fun. I had a blast with it. There's a video version up of it, too, of us just staring at each other. So, yeah. Sit back, relax, pop a cold one, and enjoy Will Pounder and Charlotte Stokely. Welcome to a remote episode of A Now We Drink, which is because of the apocalypse, we have to do this shit. But the nice thing is, I get to do this in a bathrobe, so <laughs> I don't have to put on pants. Mm. That's right. Well, we had no bottoms either. I have a question. So, like, when you're in quarantine, when you masturbate, do you use hand sanitizer as, like, protection? How are you protecting yourself, Matt Slayer? Oh, I'm not protecting myself at all. I'm just raw dogging that shit with, you know, regular old lube, kicking it old school. Ah, uh, so much masturbating in quarantine. It, so much. <laughs> Ooh, I was masturbating the other day. Mm-hmm. That was hot. It was so coming, like grabbing. He's like, oh. <laughs> it's good. Good times. See, I'm just doing it for free. No one's paying me to do it. I wasn't getting paid to do it. I was just sitting in bed next to him, and I was just like, we just had sex, and I was like. Oh, uh, one more, right? You know, so I pulled out the vibrator real quick, and then he's like sitting next to me, and he's like, get it. And I'm like, yeah. And I started coming, and he's just like, do it, do it. I was just like, oh my God. <laughs> no, you kissed my mouth, but it's okay. It's okay. We don't need the full recreation. It's okay. Aw. Aw. <laughs> lipstick. Uh, you got a little on. No, well, you're fine. So, how have you guys been spending the quarantine so far? Besides masturbating and banging it out all the time. Getting anything else done? Kind of been like a nice little staycation, really. We've been working so much before the quarantine. Like, I was shooting two scenes a day for the week before the quarantine. And literally when the quarantine hit, it was kind of like, it's kind of like a gift and a curse at the same time. Because it was like, well, everything's shut down, but now I get to hang out at home. And I was like, this is going to be cool. I needed a rest. Like, my body physically needed a rest. Oh, I can imagine that. 
I know what goes into like being male talent and how much work that actually is for the audience out there. Is like I could do that job. No, you can't do that job. <laughs> so it was nice. Um, we got organized all of our content and got our workflow set up for our own projects. So it's been productive. Nice. And then when we're not being productive, it's been uh, a lot of weed, a lot of edibles, a lot of video games. We beat Diablo 3 for the eighth time this year. <laughs> nice. <laughs> are, are you guys playing on hardcore mode yet? I haven't, no, because the hardcore ones, you die once, it's like game over. Oh, hardcore is the die once. So yep. the problem is, it's like, we're usually pretty high when we start, because like towards the end of the day, like when we're about ready to head to bed that's when we start playing so we usually smoke a lot of weed beforehand we played in hardcore we'd probably die by doing something stupid i don't know and by stupid he means like we're surrounded by demons and i'm literally facing a wall just spamming my weapon against the wall because <laughs> i don't even know where i am because there's so many demons i'm just like am i doing it i don't know and that play I was, this one i'm playing um the the sorcerer person and I figured out I could teleport and I was like the coolest thing since sliced bread so I was like, I just teleport all over but she can't teleport and we're on the same screen so I like pigeon holders because she can't move anywhere I'm like oh shit so I gotta teleport back I don't even know where I am anymore I just keep spamming buttons and hope I don't die it's it's a nice button masher game oh I know I, I used to play so much Diablo back in the day just so much the game that game is like the first game that was like, oh, I'm killing monsters to get better treasure to kill more monsters and just repeat process forever. And it's Yeah, we grind it hard. <laughs> Blizzard just figured out the magical recipe of grinding to like treasure popping out and oh. Well, no one told us when we first started. So like they have like seasons and so we grinded for hours getting these like special green sets for like 400,000 bonus points. Damn, I look it's more like 20,000 or something. Something but. ridiculous. And they didn't tell us that when the season changed, we were going to lose our characters. So, like, the first time the season changed, I, w I was so hurt. <laughs> like, I can't use my I can't use my barbarian anymore. Like, yeah, so we switched and played Borderlands more. Man. How far are you guys in Borderlands? We beat that one quite a few times as well. We've beat it so many times. We, we just go in, we get lower level characters, and then fight the bosses just to get the gear. It's, they, uh, there's not too many couch co-op games that are actually that good for playstation you have to have like your own console and your own tv and everything it's kind of like all right well if we wanted to play like our own games like we'd have to be in like a different room or set them up it's just not the same a feel picking up on that did you guys ever play cuphead because that's couch co-op oh i've never heard of that sounds like a sex joke tell us more matt no it is it's sadly not a sex joke it is a contra style side scroller with 1930s style animation. It's all hand drawn cells. It is insanely difficult, but it is two player couch co op. Huh. What's it called? Cuphead. Cuphead. Mm -hmm. Cuphead. Like, 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 cup, cup the head. I'm into this. Anything challenging because video games are kind of just too easy for us. <laughs> yeah, Cuphead is insanely hard. It Ooh, is. Ooh, next Machina. It is really, 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 really difficult. Oh my God. You. Check it so out. Hard. It's so hard. That's why you love it, huh, Matt? Because it's so hard. Oh, yeah. You, you caught me. You caught me. No, I liked I it for its rad animation style. Ah, uh, fuck. We're on Skype. Otherwise, like, if we're in person, I would bring up videos of it. Fuck. Uh, 
Let's see, can you, I, you can text it to me later. I could. I could indeed. This is the number. This is very true, but I'm going to do this real quick. This is great for the audio audience. So, like, what are you doing? You're fucking uh, Googling shit. What are you, drunk, Matt? No, <laughs> I'm sadly not. That's probably why I'm incoherent. <laughs> like, if Wait, I was. Only when drinking? If I was only drinking, it would just be so much better. Oh. So. Like, they're. You guys see it in the camera? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, oh yeah, it is like 1930s cartoon. Yeah, like, and all the animation is hand drawn. When did this game come out? A couple of years ago. It's a downloadable game. Wait, we'll check it out. Yeah, check it out. It's so much fucking fun. I have insanely frustrated with it at times. Insanely. <laughs> it sounds like a good game. <laughs> it is. Well, because the the thing about it is, it's insanely difficult, and you have unlimited lives. But you have to restart the mission every time you, you know, if you die, die. Uh, so it's just like, oh, I, I know exactly where I fucked up there. Uh, I'm going to jump back in. And then like you just keep replaying the same boss fights and the same missions over and over again. Because you're just like, I know exactly what I did wrong there. I know I can correct it. I got it. Fuck, I died again. And then back in. Yeah, it's like next machina. Yeah. Yeah. It's got a couple like side scrolling contra levels, some boss fights, and then some bullet hell like Gradius uh, plane missions. I'm going to speak. Oh no! Oh no! Nope! Nope! No Corona. I'm good. What <laughs> about the other two? <laughs> well, thankfully you can't transmit over video. I'm safe over here in my bathrobe. I'm sure I can find a virus to send you through the computer. Please don't. Click this link for boobs now. <laughs> Please don't. This is all I have in life at the moment. I don't have a dog or a partner. I have computers. Please, no, not my computers. Please, no. <laughs> I was- we feel so bad for you. I don't know. This is the life I chose. I'm okay with That's it. Fair. That's fair. Everybody got choices. Exactly. Exactly. So besides the video games, the content, you guys were working a ton before quarantine. Have you guys had a break recently? I mean, I know ABN just ended, you know, a month and a half, two months ago at this point. Did you guys get to do anything post-AVN? Like have a real life for a little bit? He took me to a surprise. Yeah. After AVN, that was fun. So one of my friends, he's uh he's on the Thunder from Down Under, the Aussie show, and uh, I've never seen the show. He just told me he was on it, and I was like, he just happened to be in town doing a performance that night. So I was like, so I hit him up. So he comp got us some comp tickets, and uh, so I took her to uh, Thunder from Down Under as a surprise. Nice. I had to eat a few edibles to get through that one personally, but <laughs> <laughs> what you weren't down with all the Aussie dick just flapping around and they wear like banana hammocks, you know, I'm imagining it's still pretty flappy, but I, I like, I was so high on edibles. I was just like, yeah, <laughs> instead of like, give me that dick. Yeah. I was just like, yeah, it was, it was super sweet though. I was just like, oh, my boyfriend took me to go look at dude's strip. It was awesome. <laughs> See, that is the modern confident man who's just like, yeah, check out all those dicks, girl. It's good. <laughs> He's pretty confident. <laughs> exactly. Come on. How many dudes out there would have been like, no, no, I'm not down with this. I'm not down with, you know, one being at the show in the first place because they'd be afraid of their own sexuality that they might enjoy it or some shit. And then two, like, oh, my girl's checking out all these other dudes and just be self-conscious about it. I mean, he no, does no, no. DP. See, I learned. I learned. I learned very quickly. It's like, anyone ever hesitates, like, 
am I gay? Am I straight? I'm like, okay. And then you get into porn. I did my first boy, boy, girl. And I saw my first erect penis on another man naked in the same room. And I was like, nope, I'm definitely straight. (laughs) (laughs) There was nothing else there. I couldn't even like, nope. (laughs) My first, I actually couldn't even look. I was like, man, this is going to be weird. (laughs) Then I got over it, and it's like doing DPS and stuff. It's fine. It's not a big deal. It's whatever. <laughs> but it was it was just one of those things where I was like, you don't know now, you know for sure. Did it take you a while to actually get over the you know rubbing two penises together in a DP? I'm not even focused on that. We're focused <laughs> on what's going on with a girl. Good man, good man. I generally don't <laughs> want to know that. I was just kind of like curious. Unwritten rule is no friendly tucks. I've heard that. I've heard it. I've heard it. The dick pops out in a DP. Don't grab it for him. Let him do it or let her do it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's, that's just common courtesy. You know, like too, I can imagine it would completely fuck up the scene if just like you grab the dude's dick and then all of a sudden he loses. <laughs> <laughs> or even worse, he pops immediately. Like you grab his dick and just he pops. Like fuck. Oh, that'd be hilarious. <laughs> can we do some porn parodies? <laughs> we need more porn parodies. We do. I mean, Leroy's kind of got the market cornered at this point. Other people have to do them. Who? Who's Leroy? Woodrocket, you know. Leroy Myers. Ah. I mean, those guys pump out so many parodies at this point. Leroy! Leroy! Damn it, Leroy! <laughs> Holy shit. So, were you guys big WoW players at one point? I never got into WoW. The video game I played was uh, Elder Scrolls Online. And I broke that video game. I met with the developers with it. Really? And to this day, still has the highest record score. Hmm? Years, like, years, like, this is a decade like, later. Almost a decade later, and I still have that highest rated character on there. Okay, you can't just, what happened? How did this come about? So, I'm a brainiac. Uh, I like to understand how things work. And it, when that game came out, there were a lot of bugs with the game. And I, you know, there was nothing, to, no tooltips to tell you how the game works. So right. I tested every variable and started putting together the algorithm. So I kept track of it in Excel. And uh, every patch, they would adjust the uh, the values without telling anybody. So I had to. I created a program in Excel that I could just plug in the new values, and it would calculate. Um, the curves, the min-maxes, what's, where's the diminishing return, what's what, and all that kind of stuff. And so when I started doing that, I found a bunch of loopholes. So I tried letting the developers know that, hey, you got some flaws in your programming. You, they got too many systems uh, stacking on top of each other. And yeah. so they didn't listen to me. And I, it took me about a couple months to capitalize on it. So I capitalized on all the different loopholes. And I played a character that without being an emperor an emperor in the game doubles your stats so it makes you like twice as strong without being an emperor i was stronger than any active emperor in the game and we would do like we'd, we'd fight all the time because i was beta testing with You're them so strong and then uh <laughs> what would happen was is i was a uh, what me and my buddies would do is we would uh we would have we would play like a drinking game where we would only pick one person that the entire night and that's the only person we could kill and uh because we're like assassins, like we're gankers. We had to go into the Zerg or wherever they're at and then kill that one person and then get out without dying. And if you did that, everyone else had to take a drink. And so we do this for like hours and hours. 
So I got really, really known. I was very well not liked in the game by most people because I kept killing them. <laughs> like they were like, oh, you kill them and then like, somebody would res them. And then right when their body would pop up, you, an arrow would hit them and they fall down again. It's kind of fucked up, but it was really funny. And we got a, we got a, like, we were just fucking trolling. And so anyhow, I capitalized on the game and I fought the entire uh, server against myself. Uh, so I became active emperor. And when that happened, I had, I would heal a third of my life every second. I had 98 damage reduction and I could kill anybody in one shot in the shield bash. And Jesus. so it was pretty, it was pretty bad. So when that happened, I wiped out the, everybody and it was we kind of blew up on the forums and everything. And I finally met with developers on them. And I told them, I was like, look, your guys' programming is fucked. And this is how you got to, this is what you got to do to fix it. They had too many stacking variables. And what it was causing was uh, runaway clauses. And so I, I told them exactly what they needed to do. So instead, they cut everybody's damage in half the next patch. Well, me and my group of friends that I t- told them how to min-max their characters appropriately with and capitalize on it, there was uh, five of us all together. And we would run through and we'd wipe out Zergs of 50 to 60 people, just the five of us. And it got to the point where the new currency in the game was uh, these Telvar stones. And if you another player kills you, you get half of their Telvar stones. Well, within the first week, we had bought everything you could possibly buy with Telvar stones. So we just liked trolling people. But everybody knew that if they killed one of us, they would get enough Telvar stones to buy whatever they wanted. So we used that as bait. And so we would we'd have one person go run up and attack a big group. And then they come running by. and Then we'd all just wipe out an entire raid group. But most of these people were streaming their what they're doing. So they're streaming. And they have like all these followers that were watching them playing. And then a little tiny group of us come out and wipe out their entire party of like 50 people. <laughs> oh, so shit. It was pretty fun. And uh, so that's, that's the game I got into and they kind of ran it into the ground. <laughs> As Bethesda does sometimes. Yeah. yeah they didn't, they kept their algorithms how they were. They just put a lot of inhibitors on it. So nobody can really kill anybody but without so, being with somebody else. But so now nobody can possibly get the score that he had at the moment. No, they can't. They, so he will forever, for the rest of the world, of eternity of WoW, be the champion. Yeah, they've, they've got that locked in. Yeah. That's my boyfriend. I actually got a job uh, from doing that. Nice. A, yeah, this was a... I broke my back out of the military, and so I couldn't really walk, and this was the main thing that I was doing back then. And uh, there was... Um, one of the guys that I was supposed to, that I was killing that night, uh, he, he couldn't figure out how I kept killing him. I killed him like forty something times. <laughs> <laughs> That's gotta make some people so fucking pissed. Oh, yeah. Yeah, people gotta rage quit over that. Just... I wish there were like spy cameras. Yeah. Like, oh gosh. Well, I would get into people's team speaks. Like people would invite me into their team speaks because they didn't like somebody in their raid group, and they'd say, "Hey, can you just..." And uh, so I would go in there, and then I'd listen to where they're going from, and I'd go find them, and then I'd go kill them, and then. <laughs> <laughs> and then listening to them rage, it was like the funniest thing ever. But um, so that what he did ended up doing is he rerolled a new character onto uh, my my faction so he could talk to me. And so I told him, I was like, no, this is exactly what I did. So I, I showed him how to do what I was doing. Like I wasn't trying to keep it secret. And uh, so he thought it was really cool. It just turns out he was the CEO of a change management specialist firm. So he sent me what his project was working on that week. And I sent um, like a little recap of what I would do if I needed a to streamline their systems. And he said, they've been working on that for about a week and mm-hmm. they ended up running with uh, quite a few of my suggestions and what I, what I returned to them. So that's how I got a job from doing 
uh, playing video games was actually <laughs> from trolling people in a video game. Speaking of WoW, when are they going to come out with the second video? Because the first one was fucking amazing. Oh, the movie? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that was a good movie. They were supposed to make a second one. Like, maybe we will, maybe we won't. But, like, come on. It was a box office bomb. I don't think it's going to happen. It was poorly marketed. Well, yeah, most video game movies are. It's the most epic movie since Lord of the Rings. Yeah, but they marketed it so poorly. I mean, I I, didn't see it. I didn't want to. The trailers looked like hot garbage. Wait. You haven't seen the World of Warcraft movie? I have not. It's actually pretty good. It's fucking amazing. Matt. Is it on Netflix? What you're doing while you're on lockdown. I don't even play World of Warcraft, and I thought it was good. Okay, I will check it out. On your suggestion, I will check it out because the trailers looked like hot garbage. They did. The trailers looked really fucking bad, you have to admit. They they did a horrible job with marketing. The movie's fantastic. All right. I will check it out. I will. Half human, half orc chick is super hot. You're going to want to bang her. I would bang an orc. I would bang her. I don't know if I'd just bang an orc. <laughs> <laughs> like, whatever you got to do. You know what I mean? Bucket list, right? Whatever you got to do to pass the quarantine. I mean, <laughs> do you want me to dress as an orc for you? No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on. That content would sell. Come on. Come on. Super sell. It would super sell. Yeah. We got to go all the way. Everything's got to be green. Yeah, I mean, we we could we could hire people to put like prosthetics and stuff too. We know, we know the people that do it. Our Dungeons and Dragons group could do it. Oh yeah, yeah. they could. They'd be all about that. Yeah. Yeah. Do it. <laughs> How, are you guys able to like play D and D like online with people while you guys are in lockdown? Or we did a what was it a Google Google Hangouts Google Hangouts with everybody? Yeah. That was actually pretty fun. Yeah, it worked out. We'll do it again. No, we're our D and D campaign is not going to be on hold because the whole world is on hold. Like we still have shit to do. <laughs> <laughs> like come on, like yeah, we just leveled up. Like you know, oh, we did. We have priorities, Matt. <laughs> That's why I'm asking. I'm asking for my audience. I know you guys are still playing, but my audience needs to know. <laughs> yeah, we, we're doing it all through a video. We're we're pretty much in lockdown here. Like. What edition are you guys playing, by the way? It's a mixture of 5th and 3.5. Interesting. Um, so our dungeon master is Zach Smith, who helped. He, he's the fucking, he's a legend in D&D and one of my best friends. He's family. And so he's, I've been playing D&D with him for seven, eight years. And he's running the game. So, I mean, he's a game creator. So it's kind of like his spin on it is what we're doing. Nice. As long as he's avoiding four, because four... Ugh. Why would you even mention us? The wine doesn't even taste good anymore. I don't even want it. No <laughs> idea. Well, I got I got you into D and D, right? Yeah, was, yeah. I had to get like special permission because our 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 group is so like because when you play D and D, you have to commit. You like if you're gonna come once, you have to come every fucking time. Damn like, right. Don't be that person that shows up once and then, like, maybe three months later, like nobody likes you. Just don't come anymore. Well, and especially when it's someone's significant other. Everyone's every gaming group I've ever been with is like, do you want to really want to bring your significant other? But what happens if this doesn't work out? Like, what the hell? That was never that was never brought up. Actually, um, I mean, I was single for so many years that they knew that. Like, when I was seeing someone, they were like, "Okay, we accept this." Well, but- your group's better than mine. My groups were always super. Like, you sure? Maybe that's just more of a judgment on me. 
it, it, was this being said to you? Because there is a lot of stigmatism about bringing women into the D and D field. You know. I mean, it's this, been said to me. It has been said to me. I think stigmatism, stigmata. I don't know. Watch out for that. Yeah, no, no stigmata. No, no. But yeah, no, there's definitely a stigma with bringing women into gaming. It's gotten I a lot. Say, I will say, um, you have a point. Like when there are is a couple in a gaming campaign, and then they split. It really does fuck with things. I, I have experienced that from. You know, a, a, the group I played with. It was like we were all best friends, and then. Uh, breakup happened and it was like fucking that sucked because like everyone had to pay for everyone for the other people's drama that was really sad yeah that that horribly sucks i've also played in groups where uh the gm dm was dating someone in who was a player and then just cheated cheated for their significant other all over the place i mean you just you just said that they were a player well yeah I wonder they cheated. When the GM's cheating, like, just cheating for their significant other, it's... Yeah. Oh, oh, where they're like, so I'm going to, like, blow some bubbles, and I'm going to climb these bubbles to get to this 300-foot-tall tower and also stake the orc in the eye. I rolled a three. Does it work? And then they're like, oh, yeah, uh, one to two, it doesn't work, and three to 20, it works. Like, that... Not quite that blatant, but pretty close. <laughs> Just like, come on, man! What the fuck? <laughs> like, that might be frustrating. Like, I just rolled a nineteen. I failed. What the fuck? What the fuck? <laughs> I know this. I'm not fucking you, but fuck! Come on, man! Come on! It's very valid, Matt. It's very valid. I, you know, I, I have my fair experience in gaming, and you know, I, I've seen it. I've seen a lot of shit, and. <laughs> Tell us the more shit you've seen. Oh, just... So, I am more of a Shadowrun player than a Dungeons & Dragons player. You ever get into Shadowrun? Do you even know what Shadowrun is? I've heard of it, yeah. Okay. For my audience, because I don't always get into deep, deep gaming shit, Shadowrun is a sci-fi RPG where it's a mix of between, like, giant mnemonic cyberpunk and medieval fantasy Dungeons & Dragons shit set in the near future. And pretty much... So day. Hmm? Oh, I didn't hear you. Fucking connection. Go on. So, yeah, that was my introdu- introduction to gaming. And I've played a ton of that shit. And, yeah, gaming groups, you know, back in the 90s, early 2000s, you just end up in gaming groups with people that you didn't know very well. And, fuck, it needs to be, like, people you're close with. Otherwise, just shit goes sideways and personalities. And, uh. Oh, my God. Okay, okay. Have you ever been to Gen Con? Yes, I have. Many, 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 many times. Okay. I have as well. And so so there's this guy. He, like, flew in from another country, you know, and he wants to play with our group. And, and, and actually, this, this year was a special year because a lot of the my OG D&D group was there. And so it was like, oh, fuck, yeah, this is like bringing family to Gen Con. This is great. And so this guy flew in from another country, and, you know, we were like, he seems cool. Like he was super fun. He was like trying to hit it. It does not. <laughs> so we end up going to this like underground bar in Indiana. It's like literally you have to like go down cobblestone steps. It's over by like the train station, like where the Ennies are and stuff. And he's like, you go down there. And, and so this guy's been been trying to smash like all week. Oh. Yeah. 
Like, yeah, you know, he's like, I like girls with puffy sleeves. I'm into run fair and stuff. And I'm like, puffy sleeves, gay, it's good for you. And, and I'm sitting next to him and he's just like, all right, so I'm going to be the king of pus. And I have pestuling blisters all over my skin and they're popping and cracking. And, and he's like sitting next to me and he's like spitting on me. While he's like, my blisters are puckering and spitting. And, and I'm just like, dude, your game is off, man. I don't even play with you anymore. Like, let's go with this guy over here. I was just like, <laughs> What the fuck is happening right now? Like, I don't know you. Who invited you? Can you go away? <laughs> it's very clicky, you know? You, oh, you, it's super clicky. The funny thing is, I've actually went to my first... I went to Gen Con for years before... Ew. <laughs> Sorry, what? No, no worries. <laughs> I went to Gen Con for years before I ever went to an AVN. And a bunch of my civilian friends before I ever went to my first AVN were like, so was it worse than Gen Con? Like, just... The, the attendees. I'm like, no, no, Gen Con's a lot fucking worse than Navian could ever be for, like, weird attendees. Avian is way more fun than Gen Con, personally. Oh, yeah, Avian is a lot more fun, but, you know, a lot of people thought, like, the fans that would attend Avian would be, like, weirder than gaming fans. I'm like, no, no, Gen Con definitely still has weirder fans. Well, at AVN, you do have the men wearing diapers running around, but there's only, like, one or two of them. <laughs> True. Gen Con, it's like... You, you do have the fetish groups that show up to AVN, so... Well, fetish is very broad. <laughs> right. We're not kink-shaming anyone here. I'm just saying... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I don't care. It doesn't bother me in here. It's whatever. I'm still trying to get him to get into feet. We're working on that. Oh, have you been trying to do that? Well, this doesn't do anything for you? do anything. Ah! <laughs> Ooh, math Leia, you have to slay my heart. Oh, it's drooling. Oh, I need something. Can you give me a bit? No, <laughs> so, when did you originally get into gaming, by the way? Uh, so, I was going through some old emails in my Gmail trying to find photos of an event, and... Uh, it turns out I found like this specific date. <laughs> First time I ever rolled was like February 2013. Oh wow! Yeah. Oh. And then we we rolled almost every single Sunday consecutively for years. You guys were recording them at one point, weren't you? Uh, yeah, we had some times when we were recording. Okay, so you're familiar with my group. Yeah, yeah I was wondering. You were like, yeah. I was like, oh, I think he knows. Um, yeah, we, we had a TV show for a minute. Um, oh, why would you bring that up? That's painful. Comical. Oh, my 13th level wizard. Oh, it hurts. <laughs> She's still alive. <laughs> oh, you know how hard it is to become 13th level. Like, Stokely was around for years. She was a badass. She's missing her arms and legs now. It's just, and a, so, it's just a flesh wound. Yeah, see, that's what I keep telling my DM. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I've got wolf spain. It's going to fix it, right? <laughs> that'll, that'll mend some bones, right? Just have another character <laughs> carry her around. Just have another character just carry her into battle. The thing isn't so much losing the character. It's losing the loot. You know, I had this orb that 
could create a 9.0 earthquake. And I had this massive plan to drop it into this volcano to disrupt the ceremony of Tiamat and blah, 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 and the wedding of Demogorgon. And like all these great things were going to happen. But one day at D&D, I just, we, you know, we, we, we drink. Woo, and now we drink. And, uh, and yeah, that particular day was Valentine's Day. We were all like, fuck Valentine's Day. We just started like drinking like a whole lot. And then the next thing I knew, I, I was... I was dismembered. Oof. That's kind of how that happened. That is a horrible. It wasn't even like, it was, you got to pay attention. Also, if you're not paying attention, the DM will run, run like a uh, wandering monster. So, you know, you got to watch that. Oh, you always have to. Always have to. You got to be laser focused on that shit. Otherwise, DMs will just snipe you with shit. And then the party's yeah. not paying attention. You just get dragged off and fucking murdered. You look at your cell phone, you're like looking at Instagram. They're like, oh, by the way, there's a, um, uh, oh, what is it called? Um, Eye of the Beholder. Eight attacks per round. You're like, fuck. Fuck. You haven't met an Eye of the Beholder yet. Uh-uh. It's an eye, like, with like. Other eye, eyes and, yeah, it's, it's, on the, it's on the monster manual in one of the editions. I'm spacing on which one. It's like on the cover. Eight attacks. It's one beast, but it gets eight attacks. That's bullshit. I don't know. Just how they wrote it. They wrote it well. They did. It's famous. <laughs> so, Will, do you feel like you've been missing out now that you're just now getting into, you know, tabletop gaming? Um. I, honestly, like, not really. Cause I played my other, like I lived inside of a gym with doing jujitsu for most of my life. And then it was when I could, when my back was broke, I couldn't really do anything. That's when I got into gaming. I really didn't have time to game back, back in that time frame Cause I was literally, I was running a class in Miramar's running the competition team in Pendleton. And then I was competing every Saturday and Sunday. Like, so I never really had time off back then to go game. <laughs> Well, now that you're healed, are you rolling again? or? Uh, so I competed about four months ago. Uh, it was my first fight back in like seven or eight years or something like that. And I got put against uh, the number third guy in the world. Um, he wiped out the rest of my team in less than 30 seconds. Uh, I go up against him. Uh, I caught him in a crucifix. Uh, almost put him to sleep. Is this uh, gi or no gi? <laughs> no gi. No I gi. hate wearing a gi. And I almost put him to sleep, and uh, we we ended up becoming friends after like the whole thing. He ended up uh, escaping. He, his, he had a tiny frame, so I had to apply like a more of a strength choke than a leverage, just because of the, how the frame was for the to apply the choke. And uh, so I was like, I was about to gas out, and he was like, "All right, I gotta switch my grip because I'm gonna trade it from like the the choke into a figure four. And uh, right when I went, mate, let go of this hand to go th- slide this one in, that's when he made his last attempt to escape. And so he got out, and then uh, he ended up tripping me out and get, get caught in a, a heel hook in like five minutes and 30 seconds into the fight. Oh. Wiped out his whole team in under 30 seconds, but he lasted five and a half. Well, and here's the kicker. So he tells one of my other friends, uh, Craig Jones, he tells him, he's like, if it was anybody else, like if it was Edwin or anybody else, I would have tapped. But there's no way in hell is gonna tap to a porn star. <laughs> <laughs> and he was legit gonna go to sleep. Like he was like, 
He was purple. He even said it afterwards. He was like, I was one second from passing out. Oh, <laughs> if you just held it a little longer. Started cheering, like roaring cheering. And part of me feels like that's where he got his burst of energy to break out was because like the cheering, I think the cheering woke him up out of his sleep. I don't know. It was, it was pretty fun though. It was fun to watch. That's awesome. You going to get back into active competition then or? Well, so I was planning on it and then four days before world championships, uh, I pulled my hand or uh, sprained my wrist. So I couldn't use my right hand. And so I was like, all right, screw it. I'll do it anyways. So I go and compete and then I submit into the finals. And then in the finals for first, I pulled my left hamstring. So now I can't use my right hand or my left leg. And I was like, well, ended up losing my points. I had to pretend that I was offensive because like, I really honestly couldn't do anything. (laughs) 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 But I was like, all right. And then I started working every day after that. So it's been kind of hard to get back into the gym. Yeah. It's literally been one to two scenes a day, every day for the last like four months. Like every day. He had like five days off since AVN minus the week taken off after AVN because of like AVN flu quarantine. Right. Like five days off since AVN before this lockdown. And some of those were holidays. <laughs> what holidays? <laughs> yeah. Well, Valentine's Day, you know, he took off that day. Yeah. But, yeah. I had to reschedule that day. He didn't have to do anything. <laughs> <laughs> it was a smart move. It was a smart move. Yeah, well, very wise on your part. Very wise. <laughs> so do you guys have any big post-quarantine plans like you're going to do a big vacation or you immediately go back to work once we eventually get free right now Hmm? we're supposed to be in hawaii right now right now oh that sucks (laughs) well i've had all of my scenes that i was supposed to be shooting during this quarantine are all being rescheduled after they think the quarantine is going to be done so I have a feeling that once it's up, I'll be right back to work again. It's hit the ground running. It really is. It's, it's, it's now. It's now. There's a backlog of scenes that desperately need to be shot. So it's just it's, it's hit the ground running. I, yeah. I anticipate one to two, possibly even three a day for a while. You have the right to say I don't want to do three scenes a day. You do. Yeah. Yeah. Don't overdo it. Hon. Respect your body. <laughs> If they're like Gonzo ones, I could do that. But doing, I was doing two VR scenes a day for the last week, and that was actually very hard on the body. Yeah. Because <laughs> like in a Gonzo scene, I could move around. If something's like uncomfortable, you can move. You can change. You you just you can, you just adapt to whatever the circumstance. VR, there's none of that. You can't move. Like you got you got to stay still. <laughs> yeah, it's like stiff as a board. You just like lay there, right? Yeah, he, like, can't use his hands, and he has a camera in front of his face, so he's literally like this the whole time. So, you know, if you're in an uncomfortable position, you you're, you have to stay that way. Yeah. It was bad. I was Charlie Horses. Like, I was like, it was like the second one on the third day in a row doing this one. And, like, so I have a, my, my L5 is fractured, and my left hamstring is pulled. So there's, like, I keep a, that whole left side of the ligament that runs up there is, like, it'll knot up, like, super hard. And where like and it got to the point where I was so tired and I, I don't think I had enough like electrolytes and minerals and stuff in my in my body at that point. And I, I started Charlie Horse in my butt. Like like really, really bad Charlie Horse. And it was like to the point where it's like I needed to actually get out and stretch it out, but I couldn't do it. We're like 
three and a half minutes into it. They need seven minutes. And I was like, we're already going. This is the second scene of the like the night. Like we've been here for like 12 hours. It's already like we're approaching midnight as we speak. So it was like, no, we're going until the next setup. Because there's going to be another 15 minutes of downtime when they have to set up for the next setup. So I'm just sitting there just just dancing there, like, oh, biting my lips, like trying to look away. Like we got to do this. Keep my whole body straight. And I was just like, the Charlie horse goes like this. And it's like. <laughs> and then we finally finished the whole position. And then right when they yell it, I like, I relaxed for a second. And then I just kind of like, <laughs> and fell down onto the floor. I was like, oh, Charlie horse. And I had to stretch out for like the next 10 minutes to get ready to do it again. Oh, God. <laughs> that was probably the I mean, least on the plus side. And, and maintaining a boner the whole time. Yeah. Like, in the middle of this. As I said, I've never wanted them to be male talent. And I know what goes into it. Like, ugh, no. At least on the plus side, no one's shooting your face during that. So at least you can make as many, like, horrible facial expressions as need be. I made some bad. I made some pretty, pretty like, oh, this hurts right now. This hurts so bad. But I don't want to. If it was, like, to a point where I was, like, we're, like, just in the beginning of it, I'll call it and be like, all right, we got to change this. But if it's, like, we're already halfway through that setup. I'm going to finish the whole thing out because it's just too much time wasted to, to change it. For sure. And like, I know being on a crew, like when you're on those 12 hour days, you're just like counting the minutes so you can actually get off the fucking set. You're just like, come on, please know your lines. Please don't have to fucking set up all the motherfucking time. They're like, Oh, get me into your industry. I want to do your job. How do I get into the adult industry? And I'm like, and I look at the pictures of the people that are doing this. I was like, You've got no discipline in your life. Like, what makes you think you can do this job? <laughs> Most likely you can't. There's only there's a reason there's only, like, 20 male talent that actively work. There's a reason for it. And that's, yeah. and we're in the, you know, medicated dick world these days. It's, you know, it's even harder old school when everyone was getting it up naturally. I found it. If I go all natural, it's better. Oh, yeah. Uh, when I was doing, like, when I first got in, I was told to take Viagra were Cialis before scene. So I was doing that. And so I was taking that before my scenes and I was like, I was fucking struggling. I was like, I was strong for like the first half. And then the second half, that's when I was like, I was having wood issues. And I was like, yeah, I've never ran into this before, but all right. I mean, I guess it's, it's part of the thing. And uh, I didn't even think that I was, I was in a bodybuilding. I was 250 pounds at like six, 7% body fat at my biggest. Like I was, I was a freaking brick wall. And then I lost that all through like martial arts, but my back and my legs kind of retained the most. So what was happening in my scenes is my legs would get inflamed from working and being at like quarter squats and stuff. And um, then uh, all the blood was flowing, flowing to my legs. And so that's what the Viagra was doing. And one time I forgot to bring it and I was like, all right, well, we'll just see if we can get through it. So I did it out and we knocked the whole thing out in one take. And then at the end of it, I was drenched in sweat. My legs were on fire and I was like, Okay, okay, that's still working. I was like, all right, so brought it with me the next time, but I didn't use it. I was like, oh, well, just in case if something happens, I'll take it and we'll take a break. Shot that one straight through, no problem. So I was like, huh. So then I quit taking it. I even quit bringing it, period. And everything I've done for the last four or five months has been all natural and it's been, they, they just get better and better and better after that. That's fucking awesome, especially because you run the risk if you keep using it to like completely trash your dick for. Yo, permanently. I know that's happened to people. Dude, you know you got like the young guys that are like injecting their dicks with the the fucking needle that gives you the heart on. Yeah, the stuff that's meant for uh, paralyzed people. I forgot what it's fucking called, but 
Caberjack, uh, Cab- I think, something like that. Something like that. Th- those guys, I-, I read up on that. It was, uh, you're only supposed to take those three times a week. You're only supposed to shoot your dick up maximum three times a week. And these guys, some of these guys are doing it twice a day and every day nonstop. And it's, it's burning the valve. You got a valve in your dick and it's deteriorating that valve. And once that valve is gone, the Caberjack doesn't even work anymore. Mm-hmm. The next day you have to go get a pump. Yeah. I'll never forget the first time I saw a man inject his dick with a needle. I was like, the f- actual fuck is happening right now? It's pretty common. Yeah, it, it is. And it's, it's people are, you know, gambling for short term success for long term bad side effects. It is long term side effects. Yeah. I don't know. I became friends with uh, John Strong and I, li- I like John Strong. He's, he's a nice guy. And uh, we share the same output when it comes to that. And he's like, the day that we have to put a needle in our dick is the day that we find something else to do. He's like, <laughs> I, I agree with you. I mean, but there are so many people that are just, you know, they want it so bad. They'll do whatever it takes to be male talent. And it's just like, eh. if you're not built for the job, you're not built for the job. They're too focused on um, trying to give a performance, uh, impress other people about how good they are, than actually just focusing on having a good time. And if you get your head right, and you're like, all right, we're capturing a moment that's supposed to be good for people to watch and have fun. And then you you live that moment. Well, if you're like injecting because you're trying to like prove a point or like your ego's all about it, well, it's gonna it's gonna backfire. Oh, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. And some people just do it because they want attention to like fill a, a void of like love, like you know, it's like oh, you know. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, some some people people are specifically in porn because they're just like, I, like, you know, like, for whatever reason, they're just like, I want people to love me. And then they try to get it through that. And then they feel like if they fuck very well, they'll be loved by the whole world. And there's a lot of pressure on male talent. A lot on females, too. And there's a lot of male talent that I think the only reason why they're in porn is because that's the only place they're going to get laid. (laughs) Yeah. Let me just tell you something right now. I'm very glad that I do not have to have sex with a lot of the men in porn. <laughs> I don't even know how they, I don't know how most people get into porn, to be honest, but uh, not most, but like a lot. Uh, I don't I'm know just, how most guys, I don't know how some glad. of these guys get in there. But I'm just very okay. glad that I don't like go to work and be like, oh, I'm having sex with you today. That's cool. There are some good, there are some other good male talents in there. Oh, like, for sure. For sure. Some yeah. No, absolutely. Um, but I understand the a lot of my director friends' reserves of becoming friends with a lot of male talent because a lot of them are pretty fucking weird. <laughs> like, like you can't have a normal conversation. Like for me, it's like you want to have a conversation, and if you start talking girls, that's that's the one. That's like I'm 100 not interested. Like 100. But that's like the number one conversation that most male talents want to talk about is, or oh, who's the next porn girl they work with, or who's good. He's like, I don't really give a fuck. Like, well, I don't care. That might also be a, just a nervous thing on like they don't know what else to relate to you on. Like, oh, uh, what do we have in common? Well, we both get to sleep with her. So I don't know. That may just be them not knowing There's things. I've studied physics since I was a kid. I was the uh, research subjects for uh, theta brainwaves that do jujitsu, martial arts, from the military. Like you could pick a fucking subject, any subject other than girls. Obviously, we're almost like, an hour into this, and like this is just now what's coming up, actual porn stuff. Obviously, we can talk about other things. <laughs> yeah. 
Don't have to sell me on it. That's like one of my biggest pet peeves. Of not not just like male talent, but like just people in general. Because like when they just hear that you're in porn and they're like, all they want to do is talk about porn. Oh, and like, and then then I'm like, dude, do you, you do when you go home? Do you, all you want to talk about is your job? Oh, exactly. I mean, and that's part of the reason. Like when I do the show, like I want to talk to people about everything but porn for the most part. Like I would much rather talk to you about travel, you know, music, games, everything. You know, you guys have interests away from work. <laughs> That's true. You did say that. You said you wanted to have, like, real-life uh, yeah. conversations. Yeah. Yeah. I don't give a fuck how you got into the industry. I don't care if your parents fucking know. I don't give a fuck how you came up with your name. Like, there are a hundred other interviews people can hear that shit on. I've been doing an interview almost every single day since the... <laughs> I had to... Rescue, I had, uh, Military Times is doing a piece. Uh, a video piece and an article, but we had to reschedule it. I was kind of bummed about that. And we had uh, a Grunt, uh, Grunt Style just did an article and it went viral. And everybody that I know knows now. Every, everybody. Um, I got messages from uh, from guys I served with in the military for like, that I for like kind of forgot about, to be honest with you. <laughs> it's kind of funny how people find out you do porn and then you haven't heard from them in years. And they're like, hey. Buddy. Oh yeah! People oh yeah! Come out of the oh yeah! I don't know. <laughs> I put one on blast though. Like I could tell he called me up and he was trying to brag to his buddy that was in the car. I was there. Yeah, you were. Yeah, you were there. I, was there, you I were put there. him on blast. <laughs> I was like, well, "Where were you when I broke my fucking back?" And I was out for two years. I heard from nobody but like one other marine, like one of my buddies, like you know, Ryan. Yeah. yeah, he's the only one that actually hit me up. Like, like didn't hear from nobody. I was out for like two years. And then no one was there to fucking pick my ass up. Like I had to sit there and I was like, man, I'm fat. I'm unhealthy. I'm not happy. And I learned how to crawl. I learned how to do push-ups. I learned how to walk. I had to relearn how to walk all over again. Fuck. And like I was literally on pretty much death's door at that point. Like it was that was it. And then so I had to relearn everything how to get back into it. But and then, then they find out he's in porn and they're like, oh, hey, remember how we're friends? Like, yeah. He was oh. totally trying to showboat to his buddy in a car and I was like, I'm nice to just like everybody. There's very few times I haven't been nice, but I was like, I gotta stick up for myself at some point. And I've been learning, I've been learning to not be nice to everybody to the point of where it's a fault. And so at this point, I was like, I was like, this, this dude fucking hosed me over bad in the, in the past and is like, Bro, down with someone else that like robbed me, robbed my gym, robbed a weed store. Holy like, shit! So like, like uh, the quick story is like basically he um, it, it was one of my former students uh, in Marine Corps. He was actually my only student that had prior um, martial arts training, and he was also my only student that I trained in my whole time in the Marine Corps that never actually got any better. <laughs> <laughs> he would he would throw a temper tantrum when a new guy would come into the class and in two weeks was kicking his butt and but i had a system of how i taught people and because each body type moves differently so instead of trying to teach a universal way i would match like this guy I was like what do you naturally go for and some people would naturally go for like arms shoulders heads and so based off of what they natural their natural body movements are in a situation and i can only learn that by rolling with them then i was able to guide them like well let's paint your this is your path so i'll give them a path and it's just enough for them to like get by and win. They knew how to pass a guard and transition into one submission and then go from there. 
but it was a building block for them to start expanding out and figure out where they want to go in the world of jujitsu. And uh, so I tried doing this with him, but he had, he, his way was the right way, no matter what. So when I teach him something, it would just go out the window and revert back to what he knew, even though what he knew was like flawed from the get go. And uh, so I've never heard that before where like people come in with, you know, previously trained and just like keep carrying over their bad habits. Yeah, I have a fair amount of firearms experience. I've heard it from firearms trainers too. It's like, oh, if you come in with you know bad habits, it's so hard to drop them, no matter how much people try to train you. I could take a clean state, and in two weeks you'll be winning your a novice and a beginner tournament. Like the high chance you'll be at least placing in them. Whereas if you come in with previous experience and then come in, it's 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 a it's a long it's a long road. But he never learned from it. Well, when we got out of the military, he hit like a rough spot, and needed a place to live. So I brought him into my, my place. So I was like, I brought him in. He ended up uh, stealing my night vision goggles that I got from the military. I'm upset about that. Yeah. It's a very nice night vision goggles. <laughs> he traded them in for a broken down RV that was probably worth 800 bucks tops. Uh, and that was probably just like a fee just to get it off somebody's lot because it was legitimately broken down. Um, he stole his dad's truck to tow the, the RV that he had stolen. Uh, he robbed the, the gym that... Uh, that I used to train with, like I was, uh, I used to teach them the classes down there. And then he robbed a weed store, took it all, ran off with his kid out to freaking Albuquerque, New Mexico. And the kicker of it was, and this is like, this is why I knew something wasn't right up here is my, my, the, the gym that he robbed, uh, Manny, he's the guy that runs it. He got him a Bellator contract and, and he's like, you got to come train. And he was like, uh, I'm t- I'm too good for this. Like I don't I don't need to come train. Like he's like you train or we're pulling your contract. He's like I, I there's no point in me coming into the gym. There's like he he was so inflated on how good he was, but what was inflating his ego is he was going doing these casino fights. And what was happening in these casino fights is you would get what's called these paycheck fighters that would show up, and they just wanted to collect uh, collect the money. No one actually knew how to fight. Right, they're just there for the show money, not for the fucking win money. There, and he would like he would rock out there. And he would like kick him in the head once. They would block it. They fall down to the ground, and then that was the end of the fight. Like they're not even taking a beating. Like, at one point, he like he uh he I think he he uh, he clinched up, did an inside trip, took him down, and wound up to start punching him. And the guy tapped out. Like he didn't even get punched. He tapped out. Uh. So it was like the paycheck fighter. So he, he padded his record with all this, and then he had one good fight against. He he was an okay martial artist. Like the guy wasn't great. He wasn't bad, but he was like. He was legit, like, I, I, I trained. And so he had a fight against him. And the guy, um, he, he just manhandled him like like a little like a little toy. Like, he just put him wherever he wanted. He's like, I want to put you here and punch you in the face. This is getting boring. Let me switch over here. I'm going to punch you. In the-. Couldn't do anything. Completely shut him out. And uh, and so Manny was like, he ended up getting him a contract, which he follow rights. He shouldn't have even had that opportunity to, get, to go with. Because when I watched his game, and this is years later from when I was his, his instructor, it was the same game that he used like seven years prior. Like it didn't evolve. It, it, like at this point, like I had gone over like knee surgeries and all that I was out of shape. I went to go roll with him and just played around with him like a toy doll. Like it, he just never grew. And anyhow, so I, I brought him into my place. He robbed me. He, he, like he did all that. And then, uh, and, but he timed it for when I moved out of the place and he was going to stay at that uh, apartment for another month with another roommate. Cause I was, I was moving to a different location. And, uh, but he timed it so right when that happened, he bailed out on it. So the other room person that was moving in 
saw that he was crazy and didn't move in. So then I got a whole bunch of apartment fees because I wasn't even the same state as that when it happened. I didn't even know till like way later. So I was like, fuck this motherfucker. So then this dude has the audacity to call me up out of the fucking blue to be like, oh, hi, I saw you on the front page of Pornhub and da da da. And I was like, really? Do you even know what happened? I was like, yeah, you know, let's just let the stuff that happened in the past. You know, I was like, fuck you, dude. Right. <laughs> Rightfully fucking so. Fuck and that then, guy. And he called me back a second time. That's where you uh, you heard this one in the car. And he was trying to showboat because you could tell that he had someone in his car. And he was trying to be like, you look, I'm <laughs> friends with this guy. So I served in the Marine Corps with him. And, yep. and, uh, <laughs> and I, flipped it, I flipped it so hard. I flipped it so bad. I was like, You're uh, like, you're a horrible person. Why would I want to talk to you? And they were like, oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> you did stand up for yourself. Yeah. I was proud of you. Fuck that guy. The ball's no. on him to fucking come around. Nobody fucks that guy. Ba-dum-bum. Some of the best people I've ever met are veterans. And at the same time, some of the worst people I've ever met are veterans. There's, there's like a stigma that, and it's easy to get sucked into it. I got sucked into it, too. It's the victim mindset. And you're so used to like being like the hard charge of the invincible that when you get out, you go from this world of everything structured and in order into this area of chaos. And you got to learn how to operate in, in chaos, like controlled chaos. And it's a lot for a lot of people to handle. That's literally been quote unquote institutionalized. Like I've had, I've had uh, my staff sergeant who's now a warrant officer. He's hit me up because he's like, Hey, can you give me some advice for getting out? Like I'm about to retire and I'm not going to lie. I'm institutionalized. I don't know how to exist outside of the Marine Corps. Yeah. And it's, it's an actual thing. Oh yeah. I've, I've done some security gigs with veterans and they're just like, this is an SOP. This is an SOP. This is an SOP. Like, eh, well, <laughs> yeah, not everything works on, on SOP in real life, man. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> for real. That's it, 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 really it is. So like, in a chateau about my whole Marine Corps thing. If you want to. So like, so I had this like I had a unique job in the Marine Corps. Um, I went in as electronic countermeasure tech, uh, working on circuit cards. And when I got to the fleet, I got stuck in this back room to work on night vision goggles for eight hours a day. Like it sucked. Eight hours a day in this like pause. So <laughs> I'm like, hey, Will, can you make me some night vision goggles? <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, I that's can't why I'm super pissed at that jerk that stole his because I really want a pair. Okay, sorry. Yeah, yeah, I was pretty upset about this. I'm super mad at this guy. Anyhow, so that's what I that's what I did. I did that for about six months. Well, the, I started doing jujitsu the day I got into the fleet, and what led to doing jujitsu was I was 255 255 pound bodybuilder. Like I was just masked. My friend Guthrow was bigger than me, and he looked like he belonged on the cover of Muscle magazine. Like every day he'd come up to me, he's like. Do my biceps look any bigger? And I was like, I don't know, man. They're like the size of my head. Like, yeah, they're the size of my head. And they, they're not the size of your head. <laughs> but I was like, I was like, um, this is gonna be me in five years. Like, I know it. And I was like, <laughs> like I can't have this happen. This is just like no. And so I was like, well, I want to put this muscle to use because I put a lot of time and effort into building it. So I was like, I'll do martial arts. But then I didn't want to get punched in the face. So I was like, all right, well, I'll do jujitsu. So I go down to, the to a jujitsu class. And the instructor is like 155 pound, little Hawaiian dude, looks Asian. And he kicked my ass from one end of the gym to the next. Took him about 20 minutes because I was really strong, but he just wore me out for 20. He wouldn't let me break. And it just kept going and going and going. I was like, motherfucker. And then 
that his name was Barrett Yoshida. And that's where I learned the crucifix. And it was a move that I kind of coined and I submitted everybody for a year with nothing but a crucifix. And uh, he never taught me, taught it to me. He didn't teach it to anybody. I learned it because he kept choking everybody out with it. And I was like, I was, I was analyzing the class of like all the different submissions. And I was like, that one has a very high success rate when he does that. So I think I'll learn that one. <laughs> so that's, that was led to it. But what happened was, so I got into the fleet every day after work, like during lunchtime, I would take my roommate or another Marine and I'd go to the the, the gym right across the street from the, the barracks. <laughs> and it was like a little, a little like four by eight mat. It was not very big. And, but when I was at class at his class, he was, te- he'd only teach one lesson for a whole week. So he would just do that, that the same lesson. So I was, I need to learn. So I'd heard, I'd hear words like plata, gogo plata, triangles and stuff like that. I'd hear all these words. I was like, what are these? So I'm on Google and I, and I, and I was on YouTube and so I, I was practicing with the Marines on this little tiny mat that was in the, the cardio room. Is it really four by eight? Yeah, it was really tiny. It was not much. Room. That's ridiculous. But people were watching this. They're like, a lot of Marines were seeing this. They're like, oh, this is cool. So people started going in the room and filling up the room just to watch us. And it, it got to the point where it was like, it was a tiny room and it got filled up and there were people outside. And so then they realized a line like, to get in. Yeah. Just to watch. Like they couldn't even get on the mat. They're just watching. So then uh, we ended up getting a, they, they took a rack, racquetball court that wasn't being used so much. It was kind of out of the way a little bit. And they, uh, they matted it out. You never hear of Marines being like, remember racquetball back when we were in the Marines? Right? <laughs> but they had it. I think it was more of an officer thing. Like it was, it was by the officer club. So eventually it was more like that route. Yeah, but still, so, I can't imagine like Marine officers being like, do you want to go play some racquetball? Like, <laughs> uh, you, you never know. Anyhow, so we went there, we remanded it. And within two weeks, it, that whole that whole class filled up. And there's only about, I'd say about 20 to 30 people in there. But then we started having a line outside the door. This is the same time I got put on to the all-Marine team up in Pendleton. And so I wasn't the coach of the team yet. I was still on the team. Uh, four months being on to the team, I uh, submitted my first world champion, and I started be- being the coach of the team. And uh, so within one year, I went professional in 10 and a half months in jiu-jitsu, and within a year, I submitted my first world champion in a competition. And uh, so I was teaching at the, at the racquetball courts at one base, and then I has, was having to drive up to Camp Pendleton to go teach uh, the the competition team up there. And so that was like, that was my commute. And uh, it's it actually kind of sucked. <laughs> Funny story though, is I got pulled off a of deployment to do jujitsu, but I was actually wanting to get deployed. So I didn't have to live paycheck to paycheck. Cause like I was driving so much, like all my extra income was literally going to gas. And uh, we need to pay our military. More. Yeah. They don't, military they don't need to pay teachers, much. teachers and military, they need more money. And, oh, yeah. uh, so when that started happening, the class was getting bigger. I worked with the warrant officer, and he got his, uh, this big this big room, uh, 10,000 square foot of mat. It was like the largest mat space in uh, Southern California at the time. And uh, it was in conjunction with the physical therapy department. And it was the only place with that much space for us to set up. So, so we get the whole thing set up. And the only thing was none of the Marines could touch the physical therapy equipment. That, that was the only, the only thing. So I would have, on most days, I would have over 100 Marines showing up to my classes. And there's a, there's this one defining mall. And I, in hindsight, I figured out why I got pulled off deployment. And there was this, uh, <laughs> there, there was this guy that was in my class. And uh, so this guy that was in my class, he was talking and I talked in Barrett's class once. He told me to shut the fuck up and give him 20 blurpees. So I shut the fuck up and I gave him 20 blurpees. This guy was talking in my class. So I told him, shut the fuck up and give me 20 blurpees. 
Well, he responds with, do you know who I am? And I told him, I don't give a fuck who you are. Give me 20 blurpees and there's the door. And I went back to teach my class. <laughs> I was a nice corporal at the time. Like, I'm at the bottom of the food chain. Right. I don't give a fuck. Like, <laughs> I don't, you know, like, there's no rank. There's no nothing. You're in shorts and a shirt. You're coming here to learn how to fight. I don't give a fuck what your rank is. And so I teach the class. Afterwards, he comes up to me. He's like, I'm Lieutenant Colonel, da 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 that was the ballsiest thing anyone's ever told me. And I guess everyone just always used to like kiss, kiss in his ass. And I told him, I was like, oh, well, nice to meet you. <laughs> <laughs> he came up, to, he, he showed up to every single one of my classes. Well, I get put like my command where I was at was, was trying to make so every Marine goes on a deployment. And I was trying to get on a deployment. So they finally get the deployment. And three days later, I get CEO's office and I was like, oh shit. Because I did some funky stuff to get out of the barracks beforehand because there's like black mold and I didn't want to live in there. So I was like, I maybe pulled some strings. I know how things work really well. And so I kind of capitalized on that, kind of like separated myself from it. I thought they caught me and I was like, shit. <laughs> I had my own room and I'm not supposed to have my own room at that time. But we'll put it that way. And uh, so I uh, ended up getting, he, when I go into the CEO's office, he's like, so, uh, why, uh, what do you do over there in uh, Miramar? And I told him, I was like, I choke people. And he's like, well, most people tell me they're in West because I guess you're going back there to keep choking people. I was like, that's kind of an odd way to phrase it. <laughs> so I go back in there and then my, so anytime I go, you go to the front office in the unit, yeah, as a, as a junior Marine, you have to be accompanied by like your staff NCO. My staff NCO was my C school instructor. So he was the guy that was hazing us when he came into the fleet. It just, so happened that he was also my staff NCO in the fleet. Pretty so it was one of those like, fuck. And this motherfucker had it out for me because I was in really good shape and my other classmates weren't. So he had to play fuck fuck games during like the workouts because like I was, in, I was in good shape. So he'd always have to make, he'd have one person in front and one person in back on a run. And he says, hey, go tell Sergeant something like duh, 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 duh. So I'd have to go all the way back and tell him. He was like, oh, really? Well, why don't you go tell Staff Star Fuente? Something, da, da, da. So he made me do wind sprints back and forth all the fucking time. And I think it was his idea to have a fucking pet rock that wanted to go flying in the morning, too. <laughs> so I was like, me and this guy were not like, man, this is going to be a rough one. So he was my staff in CEO. He was also the guy that was really big in McMath, like Marine Corps mixed martial arts. And I walk into the shop with a black belt. He's like, how did you get a black belt? He's like, take it off right now. I was like, no, I got it. And he's like, and I was like, I told him, I was like, how about you come to one of my classes one time? If you're not impressed, then I'll take it off. So he showed up and he was this big muscular guy. And I put him up against our featherweight, like 130 pounds soaking wet. And he ran him one side of the gym to the other side of the gym back and forth. He get up. He's like, come here. So I was like, oh, shit. So I come over there. He's like, let's not speak of this. <laughs> And that was it. Never heard anything else. So I was like, all right, got my back bump. So I get pulled off the deployment, come back. He's like, because like anytime like your staff and CEO has to go to the front office to talk to like the captain or the CEO, it's like, it's a big deal. Like usually it's because somebody fucked up. So every time they like, they, they wanted to talk to me, this happened on two occasions. My staff came and then my gunny would come with it. So it's now it's my staff and my gunny and they both walked me in there and I'll never forget the expression on his face. Because there's this, this phrase called OFP. It's like, oh, you don't want to do it? We're, we're all doing Like, we're all going to do this job? Oh, I guess you're on your, o, your OFP, your own fucking program. I was like, so it was a condescending way of, like, mocking people. And uh, so I get pulled in there, and the, my captain tells me, he's like, we've tried to put you on deployments. Uh, this is the second time this happened. He's like, we've tried to put you on deployments. You must know people 
in higher places than I do because right now, let's just consider you, you're on your OFP. Just come and check in with us to make sure you're doing okay. My staff sergeant, his jaw dropped. He was like, he was like, what the fuck? <laughs> so, but he had to listen to him because that was his boss. So <laughs> I got told I was my own. So my whole, my Marine Corps career was literally teaching you. I created my own job in the military. Oh, well, tell them, tell them why they called you back because of the uh, physical therapy. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So the reason why I got called back from being on deployment was so I had over hundred Marines in my uh, in my classes. Well, we're not supposed to touch physical therapy equipment. Nope. Right. I'm always there to make sure everybody does what they're supposed to do. Well, I wasn't there. And so now the head jiu-jitsu instructor is gone. All like your high-ranking officers don't have a person to teach. They don't know that everyone else is not supposed to be touching the equipment. Hell, I think some of them were actually fucking around with the equipment. That's an issue. So they ran up a whole thing up the, the base chain of command. So then the base chain comes, well, who's in charge of this program? Well, it was me. <laughs> and, well, where is he at? He's well, deployed. he's getting deployed right now. It's like, well, let's get a hold of him. Well, they brought me back. So that happened twice. So that's that's how I actually ended up getting brought brought back. Don't touch my stretchy band. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, so, yeah. That, that's fucking amazing. Holy shit! Well, did you ever think about like going to compete in one of the bigger MMA promotions? I just fought the third in the world. But that's jujitsu. I mean, like, I was going in MMA when I first got out of the military. Uh, I made it onto Team Black House. Cool. Uh, Are you familiar with Team Black House? I am. Okay, so those are my training partners. Uh, I got onto that team because they came to do a seminar on base, and they rolled with the base team. Well, when they rolled with our base team, they were actually trying to choke us out. So I was like, well, fuck this guy. Try and fight him back. I was like, we're not just going to get manhandled. And so I was fighting them back and I just started choking everybody out. Uh-huh. And uh, uh-huh. so they invited me to come to one of their pro practices, which was kind of surreal because they had some UFC guys that were there getting ready for their fights. And I remember having UFC parties, watching them on the screen. And I'm like fanboying a little bit. And I'm like, <laughs> all right, this is going to be good. And so they come into jujitsu practice and I have like a very different jujitsu game. I, I learned jujitsu unorthodox in a very unorthodox manner. Like I wasn't instructed by an instructor, so I didn't mimic anybody else. Like I paved my path and it was very unique. I, I had this, like, it's, it's a series of traps everywhere you go. And it doesn't matter where you go. There's once you fall for one trap, you don't think you're in it, but it's a whole like spiral to get out. <laughs> I've had, I've had one of the, one of the first American black belts dissect my whole game. And he says that uh, it, once you fall for one of the setups that you don't even know is a setup, it's you have to sacrifice minimum of 10 points to escape or you lose. And you have to know to sacrifice the 10 points ahead of time or you're going to lose. And uh, so we, we pretty much ran through all that. And so in comes these UFC fighters. I used to watch them. I was like, Oh, this would be fun. Like I'm going to get my butt kicked, but you know, that's the best time because you're going to learn. And I started catching these guys and like the dumbest things. <laughs> like they started falling for my series. And I was like, all right, well, I'm going to do something else. Well, they're so caught up on trying to defend the series that when I switched to do like foot locks and toe holds and heel hooks, that they were too busy trying to watch out for a crucifix that they just opened themselves up. So I was like, well, this is kind of silly. And I was like rather disappointed. And so that that's how I kind of solidified myself onto their team as a jujitsu guy there. And so I was transitioning from there going to MMA. Well, this is when I got out of the military. I was out for about two, three months. 
and I mean, my back was hurting. So that's when I went into the VA and, and I, I tried to tell them it felt like more skeletal than muscular, but they're like, take these, uh, muscle relaxers. And I was like, I don't know if that's what I need. And like, take these, take the muscle relaxers. So I'm used to, so used to being like told what to do, like how to take it. I was like, all right, fine. Like I didn't think I should, but I did anyway. So that was my bad. So when I took those, um, by the time, by the time I made it from where I was at to the exit of the VA hospital, I couldn't move my legs. Holy shit. So what had happened was I ended up having an MRI done and they, uh, went all the way back and they found out that was an MCT was the time frame of when I had, uh, fractured my L5. And I've got, I've got like the, I got the MRI pictures of it and it's like, you can see it's like my L5 is like, like straight. Br- it's just busted. broken in two. And, um, Holy and, shit. Uh, so that, that was it. Like I couldn't walk. Like there's no more MMA. There's no more fighting. That was like, at that point, that uh, was like, I didn't even show up to, to go to practice the next day. I didn't even like, I was just like done. Like I couldn't do anything. So I ended up going back to school, got my degree in business project management. And that's when I started playing uh, Elder Scrolls online. And that's <laughs> you, got a lot of, you got a lot of time for video games and you can't walk. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Oh, yeah. The, do you, do you miss it though? Like, do you miss like doing striking, or just happy with just rolling these days? Um, there's pros and cons to both. Um, what I what I really like is the physical chess match, and to a degree, it was fun doing that striking wise. But there's a level of cardio that you have to maintain to be able to to be efficient to get to the level to play a chess match with somebody. And so once you're at that level of cardio to have that chess match. Most of the people that are of that level of cardio don't even know how to play chess. So it's like, I'm not, I wasn't getting the, the mental stimulation of what I wanted at that anyways. What I found it at is when I started doing jujitsu, that's where I was finding that mental stimulation. Cause like, I like understanding how things work. I like understanding how people work and how people think. And if you play a game of chess with somebody, it tells you a lot about their thought process on how they get to where they want to be. Like the way they defend is a lot of, times correlates to how they actually are in their own life anyways whether it's defensive whether it's offensive whether it's strategic whether they don't know what the fuck's going on like you kind of you can kind of figure out everything from that but you if when you roll with somebody you not only know how they think but you kind of know a lot about their lives like how well they take care of their body what's their thought process do they think inside the box do they think outside of the box uh, do they play sets? Do they play traps? Or are they just so like step one, step two, step three, step four? Mm. You can kind of dissect everything. And what I found uh, with most people in the competition bracket is if I found, if I competed against a student and I knew who their instructor was, I could nine times out of 10 predict how he was going to fight. And I had this way of checking. So like when I shook somebody's hand, I would shake somebody's hand and I would pull it diagonally down and towards me. But by doing that, I could tell if they have if they were a wrestler, a jujitsu guy, a boxer, or a muay thai guy. Uh, you could you could dissect their background very easily from the handshake, and it had to do with their their posture on how stiff their body was and how their body reacted to the movement. How they you know centered themselves on their center of gravity as you pulled on them, stuff like that. Well, if you pull them and they take a step forward, but they're really stiff, there's a high chance that they have a lot they have like a muay thai type background or somewhat of a wrestling base. Um, if their arm is really, really lax and you pull them forward, they're most likely more from a boxing background for striking or they're from a jujitsu standpoint because you tend to be more relaxed and fluid. You have to be. You have to be. It's yeah. awesome. Would have never even thought about that. I mean, I'm just. Next a, time I watch a guy jerk off, I'm going to be like, 
Is he a Muay Thai guy? Or is he a- <laughs> you got to tell from like the handshake how you, how you pull it down. Yeah. But I, I would tailor I would tailor my fight against them. So like if they were if they were stiff and I knew they were a wrestler, I would set them up for to shoot a single leg. Like I want them to I want them to try and take me down because that's when I catch my crucifix. Right. Or you know something else off your guard if you know they take get you on your back. Yeah. No, no makes perfect sense. Makes perfect fucking sense. That's fucking awesome. Uh, shit, I, I had no clue that you were like this deep in jujitsu. Like, yeah, most people don't. Uh, funny, funny story in the industry. If you want to know it, is uh, so most people like. I, most, I was pretty nice with everybody, but there's this point. Uh, do you know who uh, Jason Love is? I've heard the name. I don't know him. So he won best male newcomer last year. I won best male newcomer this year. And uh, he he was top of his class in the Marine Corps. I was top of my class in the Marine Corps. And we were both trained by the same guy in porn. So there's like some common there. There's some parallels. Yeah. Um, anyhow, so he's huge. He's like 246, 465, 66, big black guy. Really nice guy. Um, and so uh, we, we all went out to a comedy club. And he started talking like he was unchokable. So... My buddy was like, I'll bet you my Harley, he could choke you out at any point in time that he wants to. <laughs> and he's like, so this, we ended up being this whole like shit talking thing back and forth. So I gave him mad props because he actually showed up to the jujitsu gym. Now, I just had knee, like I just had torn my meniscus. So like I was just recovering from that. Yeah, that was my first like grappling match since I had torn my meniscus. Now, the way I recovered from this one is actually kind of a cool story. It's like I had two knee surgeries to fix my meniscus before, and it didn't do anything. And there's no way in hell I was going to be out for six to eight months from another knee surgery. But my uh, my cartilage was stuck in my knee, and I couldn't straighten my leg. Oof. And it was, it was kind of hurting. So, what? Uh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, so what I did is uh, I took a, a piece of rope. And I tied it around my knee right where the joint was at. And I put a, a stick in and I used it as a tourniquet. Okay. And I tightened it until it actually separated my knee. And then I straightened my leg and the cartilage kind of came out so I could actually move my leg. It quit hurting. So I took the tourniquet off and I just kept it there. And then she had me take uh, like ligatin and I was icing it. And like I did, I babied it for like the next like couple months. And it was like all bad. It was better. I'm so glad I wasn't there when you did the tourniquet thing. Yeah, that's ugh. Oh, that, that was, it made it so it didn't hurt and it saved me from having surgery. So I was like, that was the best thing. I bought ever. a $1,500 amethyst crystal ion, negative ion, like infrared healing mat for him to lay on. Cause I was just like, I don't, I didn't know she surgery. bought that for me. I thought you got it for yourself and your healing business. Nah, and like two, when I got onto it, because it was still freshly, when, the, when I first got onto it and laid on it, it was really, really warm and it caused it to inflame more because I needed ice. So that was like the main reason why I didn't actually use it when I was recovering from that. Oh, it's okay. You but, can use it anytime you want. So, uh, anyhow, so that was like, so I fixed that. And this was my first match back was against this like big behemoth. And in my eyes, he didn't really seem that big until I looked at the pictures afterwards. And I was like, good grief. He's like two of me. Jason Love is fucking huge. Yeah. He is like. He's a, he's a big, he's, he's a big mama jumbo. He's like what you look at, like. Like when you like come to Earth and you're like, what is a very muscular, strong man? Like this is the diagram that the aliens are given of like, a strong, <laughs> yeah, powerful man. Jason Love. When he shows up, his assistant 
the funny thing was, is like he, he actually shows up to the gym. So I had like I got mad props for him because most people wouldn't even show up. And uh, he pulls he pulls my buddy outside. I guess he had his assistant did some research on me and found out that I was actually legit and not just running my mouth. <laughs> and uh, so I get back in and um, he, he's like, all right, well, we'll just have fun with it. So I couldn't I, I limited everything. I could only choke him out. And I was very careful because I didn't want to accidentally hurt him because he also didn't know what he was doing. And so we had fun. I toyed around with him for a little bit. We made some videos and that, that was about, that was about like the whole end of it. These videos are on, on Twitter, by the way. Yeah. So yeah, are on Twitter. Only, only like one or two of them are. Two of them. Yeah. He's a good, he's a good friend of mine. I didn't want to put like, I didn't want to do like a whole smash campaign on like, right. You can't fight for shit, you know. Like, I mean, it's not who's stronger. It's just you. You have a tactic and a yeah. skill of pattern. Well, it's about technique. It's not about brute strength. Yeah, that yeah. guy we, as, we at we like a blue or purple belt. About how Jason Love is like yeah. a very awesome. That guy player. at a, like a blue or purple belt level would be ridiculously hard to deal with. Like the the amount of strength that he has, it, it, it's just insane. It's not always about strength. But at that level, he'd start gooning people. Yeah, he, he would. Yeah, um, yeah. And he's got like long legs and long arms. It's actually kind of funny story how I even got back into doing jujitsu because I hadn't done jujitsu since I had broken my back. Like I, had, I just haven't done it since. It's been years. And twenty twelve. Yeah, like twenty two thousand. Yeah, twenty twelve. Mm-hmm. And uh, so there was this director that you know he said he was a black belt in jujitsu, mm-hmm. and I was I was known as a black belt killer. I, I don't have a belt. Like I got given a blue belt to teach a gi seminar like years ago, but I don't. I don't have a belt. I don't consider that my belt because I didn't like train in the class with a gi to, to learn it. And uh, so I, I heard this guy does the black belt. So I kept trying to talk to him, but he's like, "Oh, it's another male talent." They wouldn't give me like the time of day, but I was always really nice to him. And one day he heard I was in the military, and so he's like, "I will listen to what he has to say." So we chit chat, and then he found out that. He's like, oh, okay. Well, there's this other male performer. Uh, I'm not going to say names, but he thinks he knew everything about jujitsu, and was just. I have just, some guesses on who that is, but I'm not going to say. But I have some yeah. guesses. There, no, 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 no. We we don't need to call people out by name on that sort of stuff. But no, moving it off air, I may ask. So I was kind of like, all right, you know, like he he invited me out, like the. The, my black belt bud invited me out to come to come train. I was like, all right. Well, he was so sure that I wasn't going to show up that he went to go check, go, go watch a movie. Like he didn't even, he didn't even show up. So I show up and he's like, oh shoot. So he made a phone call to get like the owner of the gyms. Who's a, who's a world champion to come down. And it was this other male performer that talked a lot of smack about jujitsu. So we go in there, I warm up, I play around with the world champion. I catch him my, my series. And then he realizes that, oh, you actually know your shit. And so then we had some fun roles. He he definitely kicked my ass without a uh, without hesitation at that point. Came from mind. This is my first time back in like since 2012. Right. And uh, so then I go and roll with this other male performer, and I just play around with him like a rag doll. And I'm like, all right, cool back. Well, now you know that you're not the only motherfucker that does jujitsu. <laughs> Done. Mention over with. Well, and one day he'll learn it's about tactic and not strength. Yeah, he, he won't get that out of his head. He all thinks it's about strength. And uh, anyhow, so. My uh, black belt buddy, he's like he he got the he got the the four one one from the other guy, so we started talking, and that's when we started training. So we got back, and that's how we ended up becoming really good friends was through doing jujitsu. And 
So we did that for quite a bit. And then what happened was, is I started getting really good, like worked out all the rust, um, worked out some holes that I had in my game. I, just, I started getting really good. And this unique opportunity came up. Uh, he got contacted by Rico Rodriguez. Rico! Which was, he was like, I don't know if you know who he is. Yep. Um, so I love that you know this. You're like, is it Gee or no Gee? Like, I'm just like, I love it. Like, oh, I'm, uh, I'm a bit of an MMA junkie, so. Yeah, okay. So you'll appreciate this story. Um, so he gets contacted by him. They need a 180-pounder to do a team jiu-jitsu match for the first jiu-jitsu match on UFC Fight Pass. Nice. The first ever live. Yeah, yeah the first ever live one. Was this on, on EBI or... Uh, no, this was on, I think it was EBI rules, but it was on, uh, it was through kinetic and, okay. it, was, and it was put on, uh, by UFC fight pass. Is where okay. the mm-hmm. And so the team captain was, uh, Chris Lytle and Chris Lytle, we became good friends. Nice. Uh, so we, we still chit chat to this day from it. And, but Joe Riggs was also on the team. And I don't know if you know, but they, those two fought each other, and they're also really good friends. <laughs> Listening to that commentary was like my biggest fanboy moment, fanboy moment I've ever had in my life. I used to like watch these guys religiously. Like we would have, like we grab all of our military buds and we watch UFC fight parties, and it was always Chris Lionel's fight. It's going to be a good one because he always put on a show. Yeah. And uh, so he was telling us the commentary of the, them two fighting, and they're like, we get in there, and it's like. And they're all fighting, and then Joe Riggs hits Lytle from the guard, and like and Chris Lytle says, like, yeah, you knocked me the fuck out. <laughs> but then I woke up, and I was like, where the fuck am I? And then I look up, and there's Joe Riggs winding back to hit me again. He's like, oh, shit, I'm fighting. <laughs> <laughs> and then the bell rings. They go back to their corners. Uh, Lytle's telling his man, he's like, I don't want to go back out there. He hits too hard. <laughs> and then uh, Joe Riggs is saying, man, I don't want to go back out there. I got nothing left in the tank. I got nothing else to do to this guy. <laughs> so that's the commentary that they're having. And the fight ends up getting stopped due to a, like a like a cut and it was bleeding too much. So that was the, it was a fight stop, which was a good point. It was a good place for them to stop. But it was like the fanboy comment. I was like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. And uh, so we get out there. And so I got put onto this, onto this team. Well, nobody could actually, no one knew anything about me. Like, uh, they couldn't Google my name. Like when they typed it into Google, nothing would pop up, and so they just couldn't find anything out about me. See, it would be much funnier if they, you know, Googled your porn name. It's like, uh, this is a totally different ground game here. <laughs> it was my real name. They but, they couldn't. I, I know, they I were know. trying to Google my real name. Yeah, I know, I know. But but they knew I was a they knew I was a porn star. But they're like <laughs> they're like all right, whatever. So the day of the fight, Joe Riggs and Chris Lytle were like, we want to see if you actually can fight. We don't want to get embarrassed out there. So they take me yeah, to a they UFC like gym. hadn't even met him yet, and then his black belt, five fucking red white stripe yeah, five black yeah. belt friend was like, "Trust me, dude. Trust me. This guy's good." And they're like, he's so respected in the industry. They were like, "All right, let's bring on Will Pounder." Like they'd never actually seen him fight. So this is like right before the show yeah. is going live. They're like, "Can we see what you got?" <laughs> so, so they bring me this. So we go train, and so I put him in my whole series of the traps and stuff, just and started catching them left and right. And like, all right, well, I wanted to see what they got, but they couldn't get past my guard. So I figured I would let them pass my guard to see if they got. Ah, that's where I fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> I let them pass my guard. And there was no getting that bad boy back. <laughs> like, this is like. This is a world of just being uncomfortable. Like, I don't feel like I'm going to tap, but I just feel very uncomfortable for a very long period of time. 
It's like, oh, it's this like, guy's a lot heavier than I was expecting him to be. Yeah. So I was like, all right, fair enough. So we get out there, and this was uh, I got so like we had one guy who's he was supposed to go go up against Lachlan Giles, and uh, he had beaten Lachlan in the past previously. So he gets out there. And he gets dropped in like 15 seconds. Like he hooked right from the get go. And we're like, it was pretty quick. We're like, fuck. And then I was second out. Like I was the next one to go out because they're trying to save everybody else for the, the bigger guys and the other people's team. So I was like, all right. So I go and fight Lachlan Giles. And so we fought for a while. He kept trying to play his leg, he kept stepping out. And then he he uh, sat up, he stepped up into a single leg. Well, that's, that's my moneymaker. So I trapped his arm, spun under it, like took his back, tied him in a crucifix, slid it in. He had that awkward, like, because he was so tiny, like, he had an awkward concave thing, so it was hard to get the choke in, so I had to apply a lot of muscle for it. And then uh, ended up locking it in, got it choked. He started turning purple, but I had to flex my muscle to actually apply the choke because his neck's so small. And I was like, he's, like, the smallest person I've fought. Like, this is so weird, you know? Like, normally at this point, you're fucking screaming, but I was like, okay, well, uh, squeeze it even harder. And uh, so I started doing it, started turning purple, and it was like going to sleep. And uh, then I was like, about to, about to lose my grip. So I had to like switch out, and I was going to trade it in for a figure four. Right when I traded out, it was right when he made his last to move out, and then he escaped. And But the yes. fight went on for like, like a little, little tiny reserve. Yeah, just, just like, barely. Wow. Could barely. And it was like, we would. And it went on for another like two minutes after yeah. that. So we fought for all together like. Five and a half minutes. He had a smile on his face the whole time. Oh yeah, it was fun. The whole time he was just like. Well, it's funny because like <laughs> when, when he got when he got out, he got on top and he was in a top position. Uh, like I think it was in like uh, side control or mount or something like that. And I was making a joke and I was like, "Wow, for a little guy, you're pretty heavy." And he fucking cracked up. He just like <laughs> he kind of smiled and I was like, "Good, we're playing. Like that's what it's at, you know." So we, we play. Yeah. And. Uh, and so, like, that's how that whole thing went down. And then he turned around and submitted the rest of the team in less than 30 seconds. Shit. After, after that. But, yeah. I like him. But it was, it was pretty fun. Um, He's like, no, the reason why you want to have fun while you're doing something, because a lot of people enter it and they're super focused, right? Right. So what happens with the human brain is when you're really, really focused, men have a focal point about that big. Is it really yeah. that big, Will? Yeah, actually, is it's not it that big. Really that Women big. have a focal point that's about this big. Rude. And no, it's really when you're you, focusing. It went over your head. I know. Okay. <laughs> so when you're focusing and you're like very, very attentive, you're very, very focused on that. Ninety percent of your the function of your brain is processing data from your focal points. Oh yeah. So the problem with that, it's really great in boxing because you can tell because it's like such quick reaction times of things. But when you're looking at like jujitsu and like the whole world, it's hard to be that attentive on that sort of a focal point if you're, there's too many holes. But you can't be, yeah. There's too many so holes. if you actually go and you're having fun and you got a smile on your face and you're not like super focused, your brain is actually processing all the data. Right. You're not. You're not in fight or flight. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like once you're in fight or flight, that's when the tunnel vision happens, and you can think on the fly. Like you can do. Like I've I've, I've pulled off stuff that I didn't even train for before. Like there's a, I fought one of Eddie Bravo's guys at a tournament. This was back in the Marine Corps, and I was getting everybody to the crucifix. And so we go in the division, and I catch him in a crucifix, and he fireman carries, throws me off. I've never, no one's ever done that. Like I rolled with Dean Lister, I rolled with Jocko, I rolled with like a lot of really big, big time guys. Yeah. Once I'm once I'm in the crucifix, I'm in the crucifix. Like it's a, very few people can actually escape. No, it. Dean Lister can get out of it, but most people can't. But, but Dean Lester's it. a fucking legend. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's a legend. And he takes it and he just, he hucks it off. And, I, and, so, <laughs> and I'm sitting there like, 
Well, shit, that sucked. (laughs) (laughs) And I lost by two points. Like, I I took his back, but I didn't get my two hooks in. And uh, so I didn't get the points for taking his back. And I couldn't get the rear naked choke in. So I wrote it out, and he beat me by two points. Well, that was it. I was out, out, out for my division. Ended up taking third in my division. and But then I had the absolute. So I go and compete in the absolute with all the weight classes. And the first guy I'm up against is... Absolute is mixed weight? Yes, yeah. all, all the weight classes. Oh, cool. And, uh, I like this. And I think you have to place in order to go into absolute. Too. I would I would assume it's absolute. And, uh, so we, I, we go against... Uh, the first guy I'm up against is the same guy that fireman threw me off of. It. I was like... Go, bitch. That's kind of perfect, though, isn't it? Because it was like the whole thing, like with video games, where it respawns you at the beginning, yeah. and you're like, I you're know like, I'm respond. right back in this boss fight. I do the exact same series of events and catch him in the exact same thing in the crucifix. He does the exact same thing. He goes to throw me off. And mind you, at this point, for like, I haven't done an arm bar in probably a year. Like, I just don't do arm bars. I've met too many freaks in nature. It's just not my thing. I'm not very good at them. And so he takes it, and when he goes to throw me. I like I let go and I bridge up and I spin on his back like the momentum he's throwing me I like arch up right here underneath my belly and I spin on his back and with this arm up in the air I managed to catch the arm fall down into an arm bar and I'm just like no way no way it's like in the quick. Yeah. That's the first time I'm hearing that one. That's amazing. It's like if you were playing a video game, it's like the quick time event. You press the button right at the right time. You're like, got it. Yeah, yeah. No, it was just it was just, all, it was just all of a sudden it just lined up, and I was like, "There's the arm, <laughs> boom!" And this is my arm now. <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> That's fucking amazing, Charlotte. Charlotte, you gonna get out there and roll too? I roll. Do she's been attacking me with onomatopoeias? If you've been, if you, if you've uh, seen social media lately, I have sadly missed that. How'd I miss that? Let's see some technique. (laughs) That's from her attacking me. And no, I'm not an abusive boyfriend. No, 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 no abuse. No, 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 no. She's the abusive one. She's trying to choke you out. Um, so for like, God, like a year, we will like, we'll roll like in bed. Uh, I prefer to do it in bed because it's softer. Shut up. (laughs) Don't shut up. (laughs) Keep telling me. Down, boys. Um, no, like we roll. Um, I, I go. I, I watch him roll at the gym before he pulled his hamstring. I would. I would go and I'd watch him. And and when he was training for Connectic, the first time you didn't even watch me. It was like staring at the sun. I literally could not. I could not. <laughs> like I went to the gym and he came out in his gi and it was this black gi. I'll never forget it. Actually, wore a gi. Yeah. Yeah, he was actually wearing a gi. Um, and he walked out and I was like, yeah, I'm so excited to watch my man roll. And there was like groups of like one, two, three, four. There was like six couples not couples but you know like two men two men two men two men six groups and i watched everybody but him because i literally could not look at him because it was like staring at the fucking sun i was just like mind you i'm putting on a clinic like right. i'm doing some like i'm doing some fancy shit here too because i'm trying to showboat a little bit <laughs> well, <laughs> a little bit she didn't even see any of it i was trying like but also like you know like when you're invited to like like a secret society thing, you know, like I didn't want to be that girl that was just staring, you know? So I was just like trying to be nonchalant. I was just like looking around. I don't know. I just, I, I feel like part of me didn't want to make you nervous. I didn't know you were going to show up. I mean, but then the second time we go to this like 
seclusive, like fancy gym in Beverly Hills, and he's like super showing off, and then he fucking popped your knee out. So. Yeah, that's like I didn't want him to hurt himself by focusing on me. It re- what it really came down to was like I care about him so much that I was avoiding him. Well, now speaking of popping my <laughs> knee at the Beverly gym, we do roll. Yeah. Is it, it wasn't a pop? It just severed the cartilage like it so just severed the cartilage. I, I don't Ouch. think just, just, i don't think my cartilage was had actually healed because there was no pop and the way that it popped like the way the, the the movement that caused that to uh happen was not like a strenuous movement like it wasn't like anything that you're not supposed to do it was in no, it was pretty like i did I, I was watching when that happened yeah. you're, you're with a rather a shorter guy no, I was with the experienced guy. guy. I was with a good, uh, a good brown belt. Oh, everyone there was experienced. Yeah, it was a brown was a belt. Fun brown belt. I used to was going around teaching them. Some, and you some were like, stuff. you were on your back, and he was standing, and then like something. Yeah, happened. I just, I just did a, I did a kind of like elevator butterfly sweep with a literal, little different, but very similar to that. And I got on top, and I was just passing his half guard, and then I was like, my leg won't straighten. Ew. And I was like, okay, so I just kind of tapped out, and then I get out, and I couldn't straighten my leg. I was like, damn it cartilage is stuck up inside but i never there's no pop there's no moment where it was like it broke i was like what it tells me i could have been walking down the street and it would have popped because it was just i don't think the integrity of it was there it was but just yeah, waiting for it to- i learned i learned by watching uh and i I, le- I learned by watching and i and and when so when i'm watching I, i'm like i'm realizing okay so if someone's rolling into you grab their hip pull them away that makes total fucking sense to me and so when we roll, like he's not, he, 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 like he'll teach me things here and there, but we're not rolling to teach me. We're rolling to have fun. Yeah. It's just, let's just see what happens. You know, so we'll be like rolling. And then every now and then he's just like, damn, you're actually kind of good at this. But I don't have any actual training and I've never actually taken a class. He's got natural instincts. Nice. Like, does, she act- I, does she actually I, tap you occasionally? What? Does she oh, actually you know? tap you occasionally? In the best way. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but so I've been asked if I am going to, you know, am I going to get a gi or whatever? I mean, I would be no gi because I, I don't like gi. I'm not really into it. I, I'm not into the whole pulling on each other's clothes thing. It's too yeah, late. Doing that. Too elementary <laughs> for me. I, w- I would want to just, I would, I, I would want to do no gi. And I, I just, I like, I like figuring things out. Like, my hobby is I'm a researcher. I like understanding how things work. It doesn't matter if it's like how to build a satellite or how to fucking properly load a dishwasher. Like I just like knowing how things work and I like researching them. It's a hobby of mine. That way you're always on me about how I load the dishwasher. Well, you don't, you don't utilize the space for the amount of things of, of volume that needs to fit in it. Mm, touche. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you that this morning he unloaded the dishwasher and reloaded it, and, and I didn't even ask you to. So thank you. Aww, aww. No, we're he, we're good. We're a team. But <laughs> yeah, so I I like jujitsu. I I like it a lot, and I do want to do more of it. Yeah. But I prefer doing it in a bed, so I don't end up covered in fucking breezes. But his hill hooks are evil. We took a fucking bubble bath a week ago. We're like, oh, it's gonna be bubble bath. It's gonna be so fun. It's gonna be chill. What could go wrong? Hill hook. I'm like, we're in a fucking bubble bath and you're hill hooking me. Like, come on. We're man. not talking hill hooks. We're talking regular hooks. Is that? Is that <laughs> yeah. Hill hook is actually the submission. Yeah, it's an actual like submission yeah. and like break your leg. His ankles are like a species of their own. 
Show me your ankle. <laughs> no, this is give me your ankle. It's it's like it seriously. It's it's, uh, it's it's like John Carpenter should make a movie about his ankles. Oh my god! Just <gasps> his, because they're like, <laughs> and then your toes are so strong. Like, well, on a different note, so we started doing like these funny jujitsu poses. Like I'll have her put me in like a submission and like we'll take a picture. So I started doing these and a lot of uh big uh jujitsu guys like Gary Tonin, uh Gordon Ryan's even retweeted some of them. Gordon yeah. Ryan. <laughs> he he's I, I have mad respect for Gordon Ryan. He he's hilarious. Yeah. He's just so funny. Do you know you know Gordon Ryan? Yeah, I'm like all the Donahur Death Squad guys, right? Yeah. 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 He's funny. They've invited me to go out there tra- and train quite a few times. It's just, it doesn't make sense to go travel to the other side of the country when I'm and working And this girl's ass is impeccable, so goals. <laughs> Be friends with Gordon Ryan so I can hang out with his girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> Watch out, Gordon. She's going to steal your girl. No, I'm just going to steal her ass. Just borrow her, right? Just borrow her. <laughs> no, I, just want, I wanted to be my squat buddy. Like, give me that ass. Squat <laughs> like, buddy. Like, don't give me her ass, but like, let's be butt workout buddies because that that ass is good. She, I mean, she's like, she's like, she's got her own cred. She's not just like Gordon Ryan's girlfriend. She's got like, she she does her own things, you know. I'm just mm-hmm. like, you go, girl. Nice. She's good. Nice. <laughs> Sorry, I think I got a little distracted. Yeah, I think you did too. Like, <laughs> I feel like if I post the video version of this, I like I have to go find her butt and like put a picture of it in the middle of the screen so the audience knows what we're talking about. Um. Okay, audience. Uh, think of like what was Serena Williams, the tennis girl. Yeah. Everyone yeah. knows Serena. She's just, she's just got like one of those asses. It's not quite Serena. It's it's, it's white girl Serena. Uh, I, I think I'm imagining it. I think I see it in my head. Yeah. Oh, totally derailed talking about asses. Oh. I totally forgot what we were talking about. It was something about Gordon Ryan and then... Yeah, we're talking about Well, we're, we're talking about Will going across the country to New York to train. And then we started talking about that ass. When I'm working, like, all the time. Like, all that ass. Like, jujitsu is a hobby. Like it, it, for the most part, it's a hobby at this point. Like I got, I get, I've gotten paid to go and compete. I could get paid to do seminars, but it doesn't equate to like the risk of injury from doing jujitsu is higher than the risk from doing my current job. And being out for a week would, would lose a lot of money. So it's they're both very physically demanding jobs. Yeah. Oh yeah, no, they're definitely very physically demanding jobs. Though those seminars, I know there's some serious money in them too. There, you... there. Why don't why not do both? Because uh, if you do seminars, you're not competing. You won't hurt yourself. It's true. Yeah. But he can't say no to a challenge, so that is a worry. <laughs> yeah. So there's been a couple uh, UFC fighters that have that have been shouted out for us to have a grappling match. So that might actually be happening up when the quarantine's all done and over with. Can you tell us which fighters? Uh, Tim Kennedy is one of them. Okay, Tim's retired, so, you know. Yeah, it, it'd, be, it'd be a fun one. Yeah. He's It'll still be a fun thing, not a let's hurt each other thing. Yeah. yeah. Tim's still active duty military, though, isn't he? Or is he... Uh, military. Yeah. Yep. So that, that's, uh, that's one of them. Uh, Craig Jones is going to be coming out here because we're going to do some fun projects. Gary Tonin. 
I'll like most it. likely be doing the same. Uh, but we'll probably do like uh, a match and call it like the porn star versus high level jujitsu guys, and then actually have like a good porn match versus pro. Or <laughs> yeah, porn versus pro, pro or something like that. I think it'd be pretty funny. Well, who else is going to be on the porn team? Who else are going to get there? I don't, I don't know. All I know is that there's that... baby oil and they're naked. All right. Someone will definitely yeah. sign up for that. I'm, okay. All right. I'm very mad. I don't know of any other uh, porn people that are actually good at jujitsu, like at a high level level. Like, I, I know some that are like. No, white, you are you representing know. the porn industry. We just, don't need other people. It's going to be well. against the world. Wait. Yeah, like, I don't... Just don't fight Mickey Rodriguez because he'll slap you. <laughs> well, I actually think uh, my game would counter his game. All I know, and I'm not so saying big. he's going to win. I'm just saying he's going to slap you. He's, he's just so big. Like, he's just a big, I'll just never forget the first dude. time in person. Like, I'm standing, like... 35 feet away from Nikki Rodriguez at Connecticut, and he's rolling with someone from, wasn't your someone team, from it was Brazil. a different team. But the dude was being and a dick to him. And he goes, he goes, <laughs> <laughs> just And I look at my friend, who's the five-stripe fucking black belt, I'm like, Is, did he just slap her? Is that allowed? And he's like, oh. <laughs> he gets away with it every time. And I'm like, part of me, like the evil part of me, I'm just like, well, so I what it is, he's doing snap downs. Guys just like so I, I know where he's at. What he's doing is he's doing snap downs. And the other person he's fighting back is like, we'll talk shit. And like, like, like you can see him hit. talking shit while they're doing it and playing it. So he's like, well, fuck you, motherfucker. You don't want to engage. Like, he wants to have like two big people fucking go balls to the wall on it and let the victory remain. Okay, right. wait, does he do that to get them to stop being lazy? And yeah. Like, Oh, okay, now I like it. I like it. Because what happens is he's so big and explosive, and he wants to go. Like, he wants to go, 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 go. Right. And his fights are entertaining. But what happens is is he's fighting these black belts. And mind you, he's only, at the time, he's only, like, a blue belt. I think think he's a purple belt now, but at the time, he was a blue belt. He's only a purple? Yeah. And freaking, so he's fighting all these, uh, so he's fighting these black belts, but they don't want to sit there and bang with them. They want to sit on their butt and do, like, butterfly guard, and, like, they they don't want to have to deal with that. And he's like, well, get off your ass. And so... Like, or they don't want to. They don't want to engage. They're like they're like link tie up, but then they, they immediately disengage. They won't actually like fight. So he's like, "Well, screw you." So enticing. So he's head snapping him, and one guy does a dick move to him. He's like, "Boom!" Slaps him. Just like bam. I didn't. <laughs> what makes it look like it's a, a snap down? Right. The slaps were productive. I thought they were just the slap. Oh, it's no. I like. It, it's him being like irritated. He's no, like, "Fuck you, motherfucker!" Like, right. come fight me. He's trying to, mor- trying to demoralize him a little bit too. Just like, oh, yeah. it- I actually now have res- like a newfound respect for him, knowing that the slap is like, "We're here to do something. Stop butt scooting." Yeah. <laughs> so, like, get off your ass get and your fucking ass. fight me. Right. Like, I'm actually really glad we've had this conversation with you because we, you know, I like I, I joke about it time and time again and then like hearing you put it into perspective as like dude let's fucking do this like now i like it i like yeah. it. like yes you could you just got slapped he's like i don't want to do this on points let's do this yeah that's why i like ebi rules with you know the overtimes and all that like it doesn't come down to points it's got to be a finish yeah abi is that like ebi, an EBI. EBI? Yeah. what's ebi the eddie bravo invitational 
it's oh. it's it counteracts the because what happened in the sport of jiu-jitsu and this is why most world champions really suck at finishing they're good at positions they'll learn control they'll learn how to get two points and then defend and i can't tell you how many like matches there been where like the victor just won off of two points or a technicality and so then you got someone like gordon ryan who comes in and for the most part, he gives two fucks to giggle about points. I mean, he does, but he really doesn't. He wants he wants to set up his finishing mechanics. And so you can't, like, when you put up against someone who's, like, instead of just learning how to stop and control position, he's like, no, let's have a and finish people. It's no wonder he's going up against uh, world champion fighters left and right and submitting them and making them look like they just walked into the gym for the first time. Because every other person that they fought beforehand was just trying to control the position for two points. They're not going for finishes. But now when they fight Gordon, they have to worry about the position, but they also have to be worried about opening themselves up to giving in a limb. So it's like... Well, that's why the Donahue Def Squad guys all going for leg locks was so effective. Because it's like... They're going to fall back and grab a leg if you're just going to try to hold position. But then everyone was talking about how like freaking Gordon is like, oh, he's only good with the legs. I was like, no, he's probably the best in the world at rear naked chokes. <laughs> I just love how much shit Gordon Ryan talks and oh, he backs hilarious. it up every time. He's like, yo, so this is what's going to happen. Submission, this, no, nothing about points, blah, blah, blah. And then he will go and he will do exactly he fought, um, verbatim. I'm, I'm trying to think about yeah, it. It was no, the did, wrestler. Yeah, yeah. He had this uh, Pat Downey. Pat Downey. Uh, so he waited until he saw Pat Downey enter the match, like enter the mat, didn't have his phone on him. And then he made a post and he says, I had to make. I had to wait till Pat Downey didn't see his phone, so he didn't know what I'm I was going to do. You my game but this plan. is my game plan step of what's going to happen step. step by step. And then, so he posted that. And then after the fight, he reposted. He posted like, "See, told you. That's what I said, and that's what happened." <laughs> like, exactly. Oh, that's so good. <laughs> did two matches. One was jujitsu rules, and then the other one was wrestling rules. Yeah. Yeah, that was fun. I don't know. Gordon Ryan is like. There's like just the no one there to beat him. There's, there's no one there to beat him. <laughs> he studied breaking mechanics and actually how to finish somebody, whereas most people at the high high levels, they don't really go for submissions so much. They'd rather just control Ooh, the position. This is a really good transition out. for the apocalypse. So I heard this joke about how, like, you know how, like, we're all closed. I'm oh, sorry, but, like, how we're all, all the, like, a hundred and so many countries are, like, closing their borders. Yeah. Um, they were talking about how like Finland has closed their borders and like no one's gonna cross the cross the finish line. <laughs> like, right. uh, Deliverance could have been better, but like I don't know. I really look, look at Tyson's I'm enthusiasm really, there. He's like, wow, that's Ty- the best you got. That's the best you got, Mom. <laughs> this is not the best I've got. I'm repeating a joke from someone I'm just else. I'm just kidding. Tyson. I was just talking about Tyson's face. I I was not commenting about the joke itself. I was speaking for Tyson. Hey, you came. You were coming because of my joke. Is that what you said? No, I said I was speaking for Tyson. I'm not coming. No. Oh, I'm sorry. Well, sorry to disappoint you. I'm sorry. Collective hearing. Charles, I, I, yeah, what? What? I love that. Like this whole come. Like I've learned so much about you, Matt. I didn't even know. Like I feel like we should. We should have been friends for years. Like you. You know about no gi and jujitsu, and you know about D and D and Gen Con and. And porn and yeah. I, I I think we're, we're can we be friends? Can sure. we be like best friends now? This sure. is great. Sure. Love this. Sure. This is awesome. I'm just gonna give you a little shit. You were supposed to do the show like two years ago. 
Just a little shit. Just a little shit about it. Just a little. Just a no, little. that's fair. I told him that. I was like, so I was supposed to be on your show like two years ago. I, well, cause so, when, so when Will told me he was going to be on your show, I was like, dude, I'm coming with you. <laughs> like, I owe Matt a show. Like, he's been trying to get me on a show for like two fucking years. Well, like, one of the times you hit me up, I was doing a 30-day sobriety. Yeah, I remember. I was doing 30 days of no alcohol and 30 days no fried food. So I was like, fuck, man, I can't go on the end. We drink now. And you know what's really fucking funny about that? Three people on the show and a dog, and I'm the only one drinking. So to be fair, the only reason I'm not drinking is because I'm on fucking antibiotics right now. You're also drinking coffee at like 7 p.m. So what up? Yeah, I'm not going to sleep for like six hours. Neither are we. Not with. Well, we planned on going to bed earlier, but um, Diablo 3 had different plans. Do you have chlamydia, Matt? <laughs> I do not. Not this time. Coronavirus? No, 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 sadly. Do you I- want me to Uber you like a... Uh, oh, gosh, chlamydia. Do you want me to Uber you a present? <laughs> no, it's fine. Text me your address. Ooh, yes. Text me your address. I want to Uber you a random surprise. No, I, I don't want to put on pants. So I actually have like rubber gloves and masks next to the front door. So um, when the Amazon packages come, because I can't go to the nail salon right now, so I'm being a respectful citizen of America and the world. So I ha- like I don't do my own nails. I go to the nail salon, but I'm right. in lockdown. So like, what do porn stars do when they can't go leave the house to get their beauty things done? So I ordered all this like nail crap off Amazon. So it was delivered today, and I was just like put on my rubber gloves and I like pick up the Amazon packages, and I'm like, will. See these boxes? Don't touch them for 24 hours because, you know, the coronavirus lives on hard surfaces. And well, I was like, cardboard, cardboard, they say it only can live for about four hours on cardboard. I don't care. We ain't touching it for 24 hours. <laughs> but I have my little rubber gloves and my face mask. And hey, we go check on that old lady next door. Like a super old lady lives <laughs> next door. And so we, we like put on our face masks and we go next door and we're just like, are you okay? Do you need food? Aw, that's so like so responsible of you guys. We care about people. I know more important people that care about other people than most people not important. Oh yeah, no people not important are super selfish. Look at these little feet I got. I mean the whole the whole toilet paper thing shows how selfish people are. That's kind of hilarious. Wow, that shit blows my mind. Mine too. Uh, the, the toilet paper thing is not hilarious. A side, a side situation with toilet paper is hilarious. <laughs> oh, share with the class. That's okay. Oh, no. No, we ran out of toilet paper, and he was like, we're out of toilet paper. And I was like, there's like a 24-pack in the garage that we bought like two months ago. Like, we forgot we even bought it. Like, because we're in a house, you know, so we have a garage. So we just like buy shit and throw it in the garage, and we don't go in the garage very often. But we will be soon once it turns into a gym. We're trying to like turn it. The last time I was at a public gym, a man straddled me while I was doing sit-ups on oh, the yeah. stretching mat. So I've decided I'm what going to fuck? now put my money into a gym at home. No, is this is this so like there's this there's this, this like two hundred and like twenty big ball black head on one black guy on one side. Seems really swear, nice. He was like on he the said Ravens no words. or something. Yeah, like had to be like pro pro football or something. He had then to there's, that body. Then there's Stokes, like, right here. And then I'm right here beside her, and we're, like, stretching, doing ads. So, basically, I'm like having that. the time of my life. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, this, old, this older guy, like, 
he's he's pretty he's elderly. We'll just put him elderly. And he kind of walks up. He's at risk for corona. Yeah. And and he walks and kind of straddles over top of No, her. he doesn't kind of straddle. He straddles me. Yeah, like she's Sorry, she's here. This is her body. <laughs> and he like walks like this over top to get to her face. This is Stokes. And and like leans down and is like, "Do you take compliments kindly?" Was like graciously. or graciously. What and the so fuck? Like, I'm literally in the middle of like my 312th setup. I'm just like, because I shut up. I love. <laughs> okay, maybe it was like my 80th setup. That's still really fucking impressive. So don't knock it. Like 80. 80- All I'm saying is I'm in the middle of my workout. Like right. I didn't just get there. I'm not about to leave. Like I'm in the middle of things. So anyhow, so like that dude, like he's he stops what he's doing and he stops because he's like, like we never said a word to this guy. Neither like, of them stood up for me. They just watched. Well, this guy's also like 70 plus, And if we got to get involved, somebody's going to get hurt. He's going to get hurt. So we're like, let's try to handle this out to where he doesn't hurt him. Because if he falls over, he's probably breaking something. So we're like, let's just he's try breaking to... breaking something, bending over. Yeah, let's try to manage the situation without causing a bigger situation. Like, we both had that. But it was like, if this guy wasn't elderly, he would have been blast doubled in like 2.5 seconds. <laughs> like, it would have been bad. Oh, really? Yeah, but his, his saving grace was he was very, very old. You so we're like, all right. Respect me. So we kind of waited off. And then, like, it was super weird. And then, so that situation handled it, handled itself. And he, um, later, then we're, like, in the other area of the gym. And, like, we're working out. And he comes up to me. Well, I'm in the middle of my work. Literally in the middle of my workout. Like, the middle of doing. Oh, this is, like, half an hour later. Yeah. I'm sitting there doing, like, jump squats. And, like, he literally stops. And gets me to stop doing my jump squats. And so I take my headphones off. And he's like, you seem like you're a confident man. Like, I, I didn't offend your girl, did I? And, da, da, da. and I told and I, I had a hold him. I was like, I told him, I was like, look, dude, it has absolutely nothing with offending anybody. You can't straddle another woman once she's on the ground. Like, that's just not socially acceptable. Like, right. He's like, oh, I didn't realize that. Should I go apologize? So I was like, honestly, we're here to work out, not have a conversation. So the best thing you can do is just. Just keep going. And yeah, he's just, like, should I apologize? And just don't go straddle fucking random women that you think are pretty. <laughs> and he didn't just, like, straddle me and say that and leave. Like, he was, like, hovering for a while. It seemed like yeah, forever. It took where, a minute. It where the hell was the gym staff during this? It's fucking 24-hour fitness. What are you talking yeah. about, gym staff? It's not like fucking Equinox. <laughs> I don't know. I assumed you worked out someplace nice. Sorry. No, see, I was a member of Equinox, but then he's a member of, you know, so, like, it doesn't matter. The point is <laughs> how, that how many, times, how many times did you go to Equinox? Once in my one-year membership because no one would go with me, and I don't go places by myself. For this exact reason. This is what happens. And so it was actually kind of fantastically perfect because, like, I have fears. I mean, it's getting a little serious now, but I have, like, fears of going places by myself, and... And I don't like doing things by myself. I don't like leaving the house by myself because these things kind of like always fucking happen. So it was actually kind of perfect that he was there to see it. Cause I'm just like, this is what happens when I leave the house. Men fucking straddle me. I've never even seen anything like that. I've been that, in porn like, for ever. 16 years. Like I'm always being addressed by men in like very aggressive sexual ways. So it was, it was, it was, I was actually really grateful that it had happened by an elderly man who I w- could have beaten his ass on the I mean, she could have beat right? like she really could have all i had to do was like 
I literally could have like grabbed one shoelace and the other and tied them together in the time that it would have taken him to notice he would have like died. <laughs> but I was just like, this is scary. I'm very happy you're not in jail for killing an elderly man. I'm very happy about that. Who? That's the last place. I don't want to hurt anybody, but I want people to respect me. And I like boundaries. I think boundaries are very important. We, we have this, we have like, there's like the unsung, un- unwritten rule is like, she handles any defensive situation she needs to get to. Cause if I have to get involved, I'm ending the situation. And most times that ends up go, someone's going to the hospital or they just are getting choked. Up. Because if you can't solve the situation with words and body language, and then a force has to be applied, then I'm going to end the force that has to be applied. The only time I've actually seen this force applied was it was Four in the morning. <laughs> so our house is rigged. We have a we have security system around the house, and we've been at, we, at this point in time. We've been living in the house for a few months, and the garage door has a sensor. So if the garage, not like the big door, but like the other door, if it no. opens, the house goes bing, garage door. So it's like four fucking thirty in the morning, and I hear bing, garage door, and I'm like. it's go time (laughs) someone's robbing the garage i was like all these years of training finally get to put it to use (laughs) actually i've i've used my training like three times in my life everyone this is kidding okay apparently a little camera shy no she just wants to just jump on the table. She's going to walk across the laptop in a moment because keyboards are the cat's favorite. Oh, she's just going to drink Will's water. No, she don't want my water. No, because it's not my water. She just wants my water. She does. She always wants your water. <laughs> yeah. So anyhow, so I thought somebody was in the garage. So I totally played tactics on there and I just forgot to shut the garage door all the way the night before. It was just the wind. It was the fucking yeah. Santa Ana winds. It was like... <sighs> But I did get to use uh, my training three different occasions, which is it's a lot of training to actually even use it in three situations. Uh, one of them, I had a gun pulled on me, um, but as it was going up to be flagged, like it was, it was a reaction more than it was like I'm going to disarm you and hurt you. It was like it was all a reaction, like it happened really quick. Uh, <laughs> he like pulls, pulls the gun out, and right as I see it, it's about to flag me, like come across, like. Right then, I just saw it. Like it was like his hand was almost moving slow mo, and so it's it kinda, probably was. He was like, "I don't want to do this." But it's like everything just like froze, and I was just like, "Boom!" So I just grabbed his wrist like that, and then what is the lead up to this guy pulling a gun on you? Um, it was yeah, in a parking lot, and it was up in was it Oakland. It was up in That's Oakland. That's what it, the problem is. He was in Oakland. Well. The it was like apparently it was like the the girl I was dating at that that time the point in life like she had this weird dude from high school that was like oddly overprotective of her but kind of weird and it just so happened that when we went out he was at the same place that we went out in that town so I was like wow that's great and uh, so he kind of invited himself over to the dinner table and he was like he was talking like kind of smack to me he's like you know I thought you were just a dumb rock until I heard that you were in the Marines and so I give you a little bit of respect because of that. So you deserve to be shot. So he was saying like shit and I was like <laughs> I was like all right there's obviously something not right up here. And then uh he made this awkward standpoint of like hey I need to talk to you outside. And I was like I kind of looked over and they're like I don't know. So I went out there and he You're goes like, I don't know go so ahead. He opens up his trunk of his car and, and he pulls out any of and he pulls out a gun. Involved. 
And I see the gun and Ryan pulls the gun out and I see it coming across. And I see like, as it's coming across, I'm like, well, fuck this shit. So I grab like, I grab his wrist and then I pull his wrist forward and I put my, this part of my arm uh, right behind his elbow and just kind of like do it. trace the C. Mm-hmm. I just pull it. No, I'm right-handed. Here. It's my right gun. Well, then I'd have to twist that way and have to get up. Oh. But, you gotta do it for the camera. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So basically went like this and just, Took ah, that. Sorry, okay. My God, no! Then, I was as I stepped back, him. I just kind of crushed it down. But I could tell that, like, his elbow kind of bent backwards a little far, and his jaw hit the floor. And so I took the gun, I kind of wiped it off with my shirt, and kind of threw it back in his trunk. Smart. And then had to pop his uh his elbow back because his elbow was kind of like that was really yeah. sweet of you. Yeah. Well, I also had to pop his jaw back. In. And I was like, well, shit, I'm gonna get in trouble for this because I was like, I was like the girl I was dating that time was like, great, I'm gonna get in trouble for this one. So then I told him, I was like, all right, what's going to happen is we're going to go inside. You're going to have a few shots at the bar. Then you're going to buy everybody a round of drinks, and we're all going to go home. Does that sound like a good plan? And I kind of shook my head, yeah, like all the salesmen do, you know? <laughs> so we went in there. We got, we got some drinks. Then we turned around and got him a cat. What home. was his justification for pulling the gun? No fucking clue. Like, he never... I think he was trying, I think he was trying to play this, like... You better take care of her because I have a gun and I'll do something about it. I got robbed at, uh, or attempted to be robbed at knife point. Little side fact is um, when I was in the military doing all this martial, all this jujitsu, I started doing hand-to-hand combat weapons disarmament. So I was teaching people how to disarm uh, knives, weapons. Uh, The most popular one was if someone was like 10 feet away, how to disarm them if they have a gun pointed at you from that far. I just carry a very strong magnet in my purse. And uh, so, so those are the classes. So, but I got I had a knife pulled on me at one point in time. But you can always tell by how someone holds their weapon if they actually know what they're doing or they don't. And if someone doesn't know what they're doing with it, then it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> like, it's one of those games, huh? So that, that ended very poorly for, for him, unfortunately. I can imagine. Back to the gun guy. Who in their right mind pulls a gun to... Th- oh, uh, in front of a person that he knows is a Marine on top of that. Well, yeah, on top of that, he knows he's a Marine, but it's still like anybody like, oh, hey, I'm going to pull out this gun. You better treat her right. Like, okay, unless you're planning to shoot me, buddy, the best case scenario is I call the police on you. I call the fucking cops. It's California, man. You you probably don't have that gun legally. Like, that's the best case scenario. The worst case scenario is what actually happened to him. Well, I wasn't there. But, you know, everyone else the, the whole thing lasted... Two, three seconds? Oh, like, yeah. I mean, that's that's the thing people don't realize in real life. It's like how fast these things go down. No, it's quick. Oh, yeah. It's, uh, when I was teaching... Uh, people that do things like that, it's not the first time they've done something like that. Yeah. When I, was, I was teaching uh, close quarter combat and weapons charm and all that. The whole premise of it is if you have to engage, it's how quickly can you resolve that threat in order to address a new potential threat that might be there. Oh, yeah. yeah. That, like jujitsu is the worst thing to do in a self defense situation. Oh yeah, because you take and someone, down. you take someone down, and if he has a friend, you're getting kicked in the head while you're controlling him. Oh, it's more than that. Your friend is the world champion. Was jumped, and those two guys are pretty fucked up. Yeah, but he also got hit in the head with a freaking board or something like that. So he has like a minor concussion from it. Yeah. But the worst thing you do is take him to the ground. All I'm saying is, don't fuck with me. Because I got this guy and I'm learning things. You are learning things. So, yeah, we'll fuck your ass up. Not my <laughs> ass. Not my ass. I need my ass. Ah, I feel good. Yeah, it was way. unexpected. 
popping my joints. Oh, like your hand was off camera. I'm like, okay, whatever's happening is happening. That won't be. I'll have to cut that out. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I put on pants for you. No, hey, she did. you didn't put on pants for me. You put on pants so I could put this on, you know, PG places on the internet. Those- yes, I did it for myself for promotion. Exactly. No, you. I, I just figured you would censor it. I figured it'd kind of be this funny thing where I'm just like, oh, my God, oh, oh, you know, and then you'd be like, oh, you know. I'm very, like, I'm very happy you saved me that post-production work because I could have done that, but that's more post-production work than I want to put in. I know. You're wearing a bathrobe. I see this level of commitment. I, I was ready to go on time. Just kidding. It's, 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 you're on lockdown. It's fine. Exactly. I'm on lockdown. I don't have to, you know. I mean, I, I took a shower today, so... Eh. Right, I did too, right before the show. Mm-hmm. And I put on deodorant. Oh, wow. I never wear deodorant. She never wears deodorant. I'm such a girl of natural nature. I'm just like, deal with it. Love me for who I am. It's all good. It's all good. All of me. All of you. Oh, I just found a video of him, and he was like a little puppy. It was super cute. He's, like, he's my favorite dog. He's a good boy. Oh, he is gorgeous. He wakes us up in the morning. He can count. He can turn lights off. He can tell him what side to walk on. He's a smart boy. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) No, he's a really, really, really good boy. You just got to teach him how to operate a camera for you two, and you'll be perfect. It's rainy. I think he learned from the cat, his big sister, because she's older than him. But she's much smaller. I'm pretty sure that he picked this habit up from the cat. Because the cat, my cat, you know, because then we moved in together. So he brought the dog and I had the cat. And so the cat will wake us up at seven in the morning because she eats fresh chicken. She doesn't eat kibbles and dry food. She she has to have every every four to six hours, she needs a fresh load of chicken because the chicken gets sour. Because it's real chicken. Right. <clears throat> and then, you know, there's spinach and carrots and stuff, too. But... So she would wake us up every morning and he would see this happen, but he would never wake us up. Well, he has learned that this is the way to get us up. <laughs> is that at seven in the morning? You just come to the bed and you're just like, hey, hey, <laughs> hey. So. But they got this mixed up because, like, he'll let you know when he's got to go outside. He will. But now it's the same way of when he just wants to wake you up. Uh. <laughs> Yeah, so this morning I jumped out of bed twice. I'm like, like we're like fucking. We didn't go to bed till 5 a.m. this morning because we we're playing Diablo 3 or Borderlands. We're, we, we went from Diablo to Borderlands because we're getting bored with Diablo. We're just too fucking good at it. We're just like, oh, oh. I, I forgot to ask you guys, what are you playing Borderlands on? PS4. God damn it! I have an yeah. Xbox. I can't do Xbox because my hands are too little for the controller. See, I, I have big fucking mitts. I, that's why I'm an Xbox player. Matt, the giant slayer. Like, you have big hands. I have little hands. Well, it's good that you don't have hands my size. It would not fit your frame very well. You you can think that of your own thoughts. But if I had hands your size, I'd probably enjoy myself much better. Possibly. Possibly. Rawr. Sex joke. Hey. Hey. It's like, <laughs> oh my. So- Self sex. It's like a fingering thing because the fingers are bigger. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. more surface area to stimulate clits. Yeah. You, surface areas don't need to be big to stimulate a clit. It's more of like a the penetration thing. Oh, well, 
See, I'm just gonna see myself. What do I know about clits? I haven't won eight girl girl performances. Right. Oh, I was just showing that I don't know shit. Apparently, like, oh, that's why I'm single. Do you wait? You're single. Yeah. I thought you had your wife tied up in the room next door in an orc costume. No, I'm sorry to disappoint. I'm really disappointed. And I'm, you know what? I think we should make a World of Warcraft porn. And I think that I should be an orc. And I, I think that you're going to be the first person that gets to see it. I'm in. I'm in. I'm sold. I'm in. Are we, are we doing this? Let's do it. All right, let's shake on it. All right. Awesome. We're going to make a World of Warcraft porn, and I'm going to be a half human, half orc female. What are you going to be? I'll be human. Are we a wizard or a warrior or yeah, a king? Humans. No, but like, what? What, oh, you what class? What class are yeah, you going to be? Yeah, what's your class? I'm Will Motherfucking Pounder. That's my class. You can't be Will Motherfucking Pounder in World of Warcraft. Well, I'm Will Motherfucking Pounder. Why can't I be Will Motherfucking Pounder? Why but, am I getting green body paint to be a half orc if you're just Will Motherfucking Pounder? I mean, I'll be Charlotte Motherfucking Stokely in World of Warcraft. <laughs> it don't work like that. You gotta pick a character. You gonna be a magic user? Or are you a, are you a barbarian? I'll be a paladin. <laughs> there we go. Will the Paladin Pounder. Boom. Will the Paladin Pounder. I like that. Yeah. Will the Paladin Pounder. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Well, Will Paladin the Orc Pounder Pounder. You know, you just make it complicated. No, I mean, it's very simple. Keep up. Well, now that we have all that decided, guys, it actually is about that time. We're going to wrap this motherfucker up. His last call. We Always been- use protection. Always use protection unless it is with someone with a 14-day test or you've been monogamous with them or something like that, whatever monogamy is. I've been led to believe it's a thing. Mono is a kissing disease, and monogamous starts with kissing disease. It sounds horrible. It is. I've had mono. No, no thank you. You kiss a lot of people. Uh, it's happened. It's happened. <laughs> but guys, where can they find you on the socials? Where can they find your smut? All that fun stuff. Oh my god, it's the end of the interview where we gotta give our plugs. Right? Tags. Exactly. My name is Charlotte. Wait, hold on. Gotta do the full voice. Oh, there we go. Hi, I'm Charlotte Stokely. If you want to see more of me, please go to my Twitter at Char underscore Stokely. That's S-T-O-K-E-L-Y because you've got to. Okay, Will, your turn. Just do something before I just continuously... (laughs) You gotta do it the same way, Will. You gotta do it the same way. You have to to give the same delivery here. I'm Will Pounder. You can find my stuff at TheWillPounder on Twitter. And if you want that safe for work, you can always go to I Will Pounder on Instagram. It's all in the name. Ooh, his name says things. It does. It does. Mine indeed. is a random name. Also, I'm pretty sure Matt Slayer and Now We Drink is going to put our tags in the listing on his page. What? Oh, he might. He very well might. It is indeed. And you can always find me at Matt underscore Slayer on Twitter, Matt Slayer on Instagram, Matt F and Slayer on Facebook. And now we drink on Twitter and now we drink underscore on Instagram. And until next week, drink up motherfuckers.
And again, I'm the only one drinking. 